and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And I'm Corey. Hello, Corey! It's good to be back, buddy. I'm back, baby. Yes. Uh, you were recently on our movie commentary episode that was just you and me. We yep. sat down and watched Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. So much fun. It was. Uh, and then previously on this type of episode you joined us for the monster squad real ghostbusters episode that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun i i really enjoyed it and i am very excited about doing this one robocop is a big movie for me and my childhood and of course i'll get into all of that i have i have stories i have thoughts i have a lot of words ready to come out of my mouth (laughs) you are a big talker i remember (laughs) that because i cut a shit ton enough to have a like a 30 minute bonus episode after that one uh this time i'm gonna say fuck it no bonus episode if this this one is a three hour episode i don't give a fuck we're going three hours honestly (laughs) once i started editing my podcast the nsfw gamer podcast Mm -hmm. with my buddy noah i i think i hit you up and i said oh adam i'm so sorry because I talk so much, and I say I put my ums right before my words. Mm. You can't cut them out. So, again, I do apologize in advance for all of that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Apology not accepted. I fucking hate you. (laughs) Get out the door. As an editor, I understand. (laughs) All right. Today's episode is a RoboCop, RoboCop, RoboCop episode. If you say his name three times in the mirror, he will come shoot you with a big fucking cannon. Uh, Not really, but we are going to be doing a breakdown of the 1987 film RoboCop. We are going to review the 1988 cartoon RoboCop that I can almost guarantee none of you even remember or thought was a thing. Uh, And then we are going to do our own casting of a new RoboCop movie. I know a RoboCop movie came out, I think it was 2004 or 2014 or 2015. Can't remember, uh, but no one saw it. I didn't see it. I saw it. It's not worth okay. seeing. <laughs> not worth seeing. There's a new thing coming out too, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I heard. I think oh it's called like God. Robocop Reboot. Is yes. it's, it's on IMDb. I saw it when I was doing some some research. Yes. And so it doesn't have, I don't think anyone cast onto it yet. And so maybe they will look at our castings and probably <laughs> pick from us. Probably, you know, Hollywood loves the Blast From Our Past podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of listeners. <laughs> yeah, can, I, can I point out the fact that this is the second movie you guys have done that's a re-remake? Like, oh, yeah. And the last one we did was Ghostbusters, and they, you know, they had a remake yes. of that, and we cast Ghostbusters. So that must be just my thing. Yeah. So the next time I come back, we got to do another movie that's been remade. Maybe Total Recall. Total Recall. <laughs> wow. Good one. Uh, I'm, I'm putting uh, it on the. Uh, I'm putting it on the airwaves yeah. now. <laughs> I did not like the Colin Farrell I don't remake. Think it, it's it's like Robocop. No one did. Yeah. 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 But I did like the Dread one. Oh, yes. I loved Dread. Yeah, Dread was awesome. Oh, yes. Okay, anyway, 1987. John, cast out your line and fish us back into the world of 1987. All right, so RoboCop came out on July 17th of 1987, and the Billboard Top 100 single of that week was the song Alone by the band Heart. I 
I actually have that song on my '80s greaties playlist. <laughs> your, great, your greatest playlist. I love uh, that. Uh, I love that song. That's I never even heard of that song in my life, and I didn't even think that was very good, John. That was not a. That's, that's not a greatest '80s playlist song, in my opinion, Corey. Again, lost respect, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I need. To, I'm going home now so I can retain any level of respect I have. Yeah. All right. Cool. What else do we got, John? <laughs> Something better? Okay. Uh, at the Golden Globes that year, uh, Robin Williams took home a Golden Globe for Good Morning Vietnam uh, against a, a actually a really good cast of people. Um, he was running against uh, your friend, Nicolas Cage. Why is he my friend? I don't know. Because I cast him in one yes. movie. Uh, he would have been a great fucking 30-30, by the right. way. <laughs> he would have been a good 30-30. Uh, for, he was in Moonstruck that year. Uh, Danny DeVito for Throw Mama from the Train. William Hurt in Broadcast News, Steve Martin in Roxanne, and Patrick Swayze in Dirty Dancing. Wow. Okay. That was the nominees for, like, best comedy. Okay. YouTube filled a video for their song, Where the Streets Have No Name, on the roof of a liquor store in L.A. Initially, they thought they were going to get, like, 30,000 people, but they only managed to attract about (laughs) 1,000. That's still pretty good, though. And uh, uh, for you caffeine addicts out there, 1987 was the year that Red Bull was really started. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that old. No, I, I only remember it probably since like the 2000s. Honestly, that's really yeah. when I when it got big. It must have been re- must have been a regional thing. Yeah. I remember seeing it. It ads for it in I think Wipeout for the PS One or Two. Oh, it was okay. the hoverboard racing game. And it like takes place in the future, and that was the first time I had seen ads in a mm. video game like in the. In the video game yeah. world itself, and it was Red Bull. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that was probably like late 90s then. I, th- I think so, yeah. yeah. All right. That was 1987. All right. Fantastic. 1987. That is great. You know what else is great, John? We have a new patron. We Tell do. us all about him. Yes. Uh, Marquee High joined us as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Uh, if you want to join us uh, on Patreon, you can at www.patreon.com forward slash blastpasscast. Yes, we've got uh, four different tiers there, and you can get different types of uh, perks. Things as simple as just a shout-out, yeah. all the way up to, hell, you could join us for a podcast if you yes. really wanted to. <laughs> uh, all right. This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is brought to you by the Sellers Law Firm. We've talked about him before. Jody Sellers is a fantastic lawyer. He cares about his community, and he really puts his heart and soul into the Sellers Law Firm. Uh, when you're facing divorce, child custody, DUI arrest, anything, whatever the hell you want, pay this guy. He'll get you out of it. That's what he does. <laughs> I definitely trust this guy with anything that I would ever need. Check him out at The Sellers Law Firm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And give him a call at 770-415-9848. Or check him out at thesellerslawfirm.com for all of your Georgia legal needs. With that bit of business underway, let's get into RoboCop. Robocop from 1987, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Uh, He is a Dutch (laughs) filmmaker. Uh, We all probably know him from Total Recall, Basic Instinct, 
Starship Troopers and a little movie called Showgirls that yes. I def- definitely watched when I was younger. Uh, thanks to Elizabeth Berkley. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the highest grossing NC-17 film of all time. Is oh, was it really? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's a that's a hell of an achievement. Yeah. Uh, but he really Paul Verhoeven uh, didn't feel the need to back it with his own name. He used a different name as the director of that film. Are you serious? Right. I mean, I've watched that movie. I've never... I mean, we all know that it's Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. What a, is he credited? Like Jan Jansen or something yeah. is, what, is what he's credited as, <laughs> but it's Paul Verhoeven. But we all know. Like, I the whole know. world knew. <laughs> like, he's doing interviews. Yeah, I'm doing this movie. And then it's like, okay, now I'm going to make a new name on there. Okay, sure, Paul. <laughs> Editor Adam cutting in, I need to make an addendum. Paul Verhoeven did use his own name for the actual theatrical version, but he did use a different name, Jan Jansen, for the VH1 cut of the movie. So the version that went onto cable TV on VH1 was so bad, and it really was, that he did not want to have his name associated to it. So just wanted to clear that up. It's uh, yeah, not a good movie when it comes to no. plot uh, or writing or anything. But <laughs> yeah, I'm a guy. I don't know. I've seen if I've seen the movie all the way through. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, why were you watching that movie then, John? Why, why would you just stop it? And uh, I don't think I ever watched that uh, movie. Okay. Uh, well, you can check my DVDs. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we've got something to do after this. This film was written by Edward. Neumeyer and Michael Miner. Uh, Neumeyer said that uh, he first got the idea of RoboCop when he walked with a friend past a poster uh, about Blade Runner. Oh. And he asked his friend what the film was about, and the friend said, it's about a cop hunting robots. And that kind of gave him the idea of a robot cop. That's kind of cool. And so that's kind of, yeah, that's a little bit of, of uh, history of... You know, in Blade Starship Runner. Troopers, mm-hmm. he was the guy that is holding the dead dog, like on the commercial, and like you know, kill all the oh, bugs or yes. something. That's Ed Newmeyer or whatever, because he yeah. also wrote Starship, Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he worked and, together with Paul Verhoeven a couple times. And both of those have that similar, like you, you get it. They do world building through the ads on TV. Yes, yes. and that's how you right. And Would that's you like how to you know get more? the sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so good, and it's now it's it's so you know, cliche at this point, but RoboCop was really one of the first ones to do it, you know, very well mm-hmm. and to, to bring that trope in. And they definitely do. It's a, it's kind of a fun way. It pulls you out of like the story, but you're kind of, you're seeing that world from a, from a different perspective. And it's kind of nice. And honestly, like the, the story is usually so intense that it's almost works as a breather to pull you out. And you're yeah. like, okay, nothing clearly terrible is going to happen on the commercials yet. Oddly, you know, it, it, everything is just as terrible, you know, like the whole Santa Barbara <laughs> getting destroyed yeah. by the laser beams and stuff. So it's like, there's no reprieve from it. Music in this film was done by Basil Polidarus. I don't know. Fuck it. Um, Not not really a name I recognize, but he's got decent credits. Uh, He did movies like The Blue Lagoon, Conan the Barbarian, uh, Red Dawn, Hunt for Red October, White Fang, Free Willy, Starship Troopers. And then he also did the music for a movie that scarred me as a kid. I don't know. John, I don't know if this one scarred you, but I distinctly remember... We're, uh, we went to like a blockbuster or a video store or something, maybe like Hollywood video that was kind of near us or something. But we were like picking like a family movie to watch and none of us could make a decision. And mom was getting fed up. She was like, <laughs> fuck this. She just grabbed the movie. It's like, this will do. And we watched it. Oh, I think I know what you're <laughs> And then we watched it and it is this 
John Waters comedy horror movie starring Kathleen Turner called Serial Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Where it is a fucked up, like, scary movie. And it's rated R. And Mom didn't pay attention at all. And so, like, we she, we put it on and watched it. And she didn't wasn't in the room or whatever. And it was just like, it was a fucked up movie. <laughs> I've never seen it. That's, oh. that's wild. I, remember, yeah. I do remember the trailers for it, but yeah. I never saw the movie. So, it's like a dark like comedy yeah, type dark, of thing. Yeah, dark comedy horror for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, our mom just was fed up enough and was just like, fine, you're just going to watch this. Oh, it's a Kathleen Turner. That's fine. Or, or John Waters or whatever. This is going to be fine. And yeah. it was not. Yeah. <laughs> it was not. I mean, at least no one ate poop in it. But yeah. Uh, was that a reference to? Yeah, when in Divine eats dog shit in one of the John Waters movies. That's, it's ever, this is so famous. Divine, you know, Divine. I know Divine. Yeah. yeah I, I don't remember which movie it was and I'm, I'm rather shocked uh, that you guys are looking at me with a blank stare. But well, it, you don't like, even know what movie so, it's from. But it happens in the movie. Like, okay. Okay. It's in the movie. I, I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, Man, I'm, I'm, I'm swinging and missing on this one, guys. <laughs> okay. It's off to a rough right. start. <laughs> Pass, pa- moving on from the dog shit eating. Uh, all right. This movie, RoboCop, stars Peter Weller as Officer Murphy, a.k.a. RoboCop. You might know him. Really, the only thing that I kind of knew him from besides was um, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. That was kind of the only like other thing that he's kind of like, I feel famous for yeah that's his other iconic role i'd say uh the old man the president of ocp is dan o'harelihy i don't know if i pronounced that right um he's been in a bunch of different stuff nothing huge but he was acting since the 40s oh yeah and that guy had been around for a long time so and i love how they just refer to him as the old man and even in the cartoon they refer to him as the old man now i want to go back and watch like part two and see if that is still something that they carry over yeah yeah, if they give him more of a backstory or something. This film also stars Nancy Allen as Officer Ann Lewis. Nancy Allen is known for the RoboCop franchise, <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, but she was in RoboCop 2 and 3 as well. Yeah. And yeah, uh, some other stuff, but nothing really big. Ronnie Cox plays Dick Jones. Ronnie Cox, you would definitely recognize as Cohagen from Total Recall. Yeah. That's what I remember him best from. But he was also in Beverly Hills Cop, I think, 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's definitely his biggest thing. So him, so working with Paul Verhoeven in Total Recall. And is, Deliverance. And de- that's right. That's right. He was in Deliverance as well. I've never seen Deliverance. Yeah. Squeal, pig. <laughs> <laughs> I do know what that reference <laughs> <Yes>. is. <laughs> I do get there it. There you go. Okay. Uh, and then this film also stars Kirkwood Smith, who, for everybody, I feel, is... They know him as the dad from that 70s show. Uh, also, Ray Wise is in this film. He is a, just a classic mobster henchman. Which one was Ray Wise? What was his name in the movie? Was, uh, is that Leon? Leon? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Leon. yeah. That's a guy, I, as a kid, always confused that actor for Huey Lewis. As a kid, I think you smoke crack. <laughs> I think I did, too. I think it was the hair, maybe. But as a kid, I was like, is that Huey Lewis? <laughs> okay. All right, well, Leon he's, he's a famous, like, mobster character actor. He's always, like, you know, playing henchmen. And, Don't and, touch yeah, me, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what he does. And uh, a little side note about RoboCop. The character itself, uh, and I think, like, the look of it, was kind of a mix of inspired between Judge Dredd, as well as this Japanese series called Space Sheriff Gavin or Space Sheriff Gavon. What I don't know how you pronounce it, but you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, they totally like stole the helmet from it and some <laughs> other stuff. Uh, and then also the Marvel comic book hero Rom, Rom the Space Knight. Oh, which actually there are two references to Rom in the movie. the The comic book appears on screen during um, 
uh, convenience store robbery. Okay. And then again, another one appears in, in a flashback where you see Murphy's son. Right, his son has the comic. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I actually, I used to read Ram when I was a kid. I thought Ram was a, a, a cool, like, like yeah. visual concept yeah. and everything. Yeah. I didn't, wasn't big on him, but I see where they probably got the, you know, some of the references. Yeah. I've, I've read a total of one Ram comic, but that's enough. I, I mean, I'm not a big, yeah. that wasn't my thing. But yeah, you definitely see there's. there's He's kind of like a robotic Green Lantern. Yeah. For Marvel. Yeah, it kind of was. All right. Let's just go ahead. Let's get into the film. We're going to start off with some skyline shots of Detroit. We get this cheap-looking fucking title card that comes out at us that says RoboCop, and it looks just bad 80s. Uh, And we start off, as we mentioned earlier, we get a newscast going uh, a little bit about really kind of Cold War era kind of stuff. We're getting nuclear war-ish or like that kind of buildup. It shows to me that this film was obviously made in the Cold War times. And, and honestly, you got to figure, too, it's it's made, as from Paul Verhoeven's point of view, a foreigner looking at America, mm-hmm. looking at America's consumerism and everything. And I think a lot of that comes through, you know, in, in the ads. Um, yeah. But real quick, when I was watching it last night, I wrote down on my notes, I love seeing the Orion Pictures logo. Oh. I, I, anytime <laughs> that that pops up, I'm like, oh, man, happy times, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good movies that they did. a lot, And it's just... It's an, Feels like an oldish yeah. logo that just kind of like brings you back. <laughs> yeah, to your to your to your childhood. It's a blast yeah. from the past. Yes, there's a lot of advertising that just pops up in this movie as well. Uh, right here, like after the newscast, we see, or in between the newscast, we see an ad about replacement hearts, and I think it's just a good little bit of foreshadowing, actually, that oh, they can take body parts and replace them. That thing looked enormous. It, yeah. <laughs> it was like a gorilla heart. I was like, where would you put that? Yeah. There's no room for that thing. Yeah, but You, you, could, you need yeah. an extra body just to have yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but you could buy different ones. You could buy like a sports heart or, you know, some other kind of like performance heart or shit like that. So human improvement through cybernetics is obviously something that's kind of happening in this society. And you get those through the news or through different advertising. Yeah, good good great world building. Yeah. And then and, and pretty much as you mentioned, we use we use the news here for a lot of exposition. We just kinda get dumped on about what's going on with, you know, different crime around the city of old Detroit. Uh, you know, Detroit is uh, just the shittiest of shitty cities with crime apparently. Yeah. And they want to build up Delta City, but you know, we'll get yeah. into all that. Yep. So we cut to a police station. We see this guy, Murphy. He's the new transfer uh, to this precinct. Obviously, we just kind of see just from, a, you know, that precinct itself, it's a pretty tough-ass job to be a cop in old Detroit. Yeah, I mean, right from the get-go, the the, the, the police officers on the street, they're wearing full riot gear. Yep. So you know right away that if your normal Joe Schmo cop has to wear full riot gear just to go out on patrol, that's rough. And then, honestly, that was a really cool visual note, uh, indicator. Mm-hmm. You didn't have have to sort of explain how rough it was you could you could get all that from the police precinct right away yes and you could also get the fact that in the future or whatever it's supposed to be they have terrible clothes murphy's shirt that he's wearing <laughs> is the worst thing i've ever seen and i that's my second note murphy's civilian shirt is terrible those are my exact words i yeah. found in most movies Casual fashion is really hard to pull off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you think like, about other stuff in the future, something like Demolition Man or Fifth Element. They do stuff with the fashion, but it's weird, it's and really it is. Weird. It doesn't like. There's no way that's comfortable, or that's really how fashion is at that yeah, time. But at the same time, if we go back and we look at oh. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s fashion, we look back on it and be like, "How did we ever wear that stuff?" John, my Jinko jeans were comfortable as shit. <laughs> I loved bowling shirts and Jinko jeans, and I looked cool, motherfucker. And I and they were comfortable. <laughs> There's room for activities in those pants. <laughs> oh my god, no, no. 
but at the pre- at the precinct, Murphy is starting to kind of get prepped, and we he runs into or he see he meets Officer Ann Lewis, who's just kind of casually being the shit out of this criminal, and so we just kind of get established. Okay, she's she's tough, and, and I think she pulled the punches a little better than Sonya did, uh, you know, in, in Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, it, like definitely. she looked better at punching that <laughs> yeah, guy. She looked legit. In, in she the looked face. like a, yeah. she pulls off being a, a cop. She had a she had a badass intro. Yeah. I think actually everyone in this movie has a pretty badass intro. Yeah. I agree. Um, and so they're going to be partners. So we just kind of get established that Anne Lewis and Murphy are going to be partners. We now cut to some technological company. Uh, we find out it's eventually uh, called Omni... Consumer uh, Omni, Products? Yes, Omni Consumer Products, OCP. You see that logo everywhere, the yeah. OCP logo. Uh, they're talking about kind of just new tech, new shit. We, we get the setup about Delta City, and the old man wants to build a brand new city and pretty much tear down old Detroit. It's really all about gentrification, really. That's kind of like the underlying story behind it. Yeah. Um, about, you know, out with the old and in with the new, and everything's more expensive and big business, all that kind of shit. Yeah, like rampant capitalism. Yeah. But I was trying to piece it together. Like, this is the first time, you know, I'm watching it as, I mean, I've seen this movie a million times, but I'm really watching it, you know. And... And I think Dick Jones mentions at some point that like all their previous ventures are sort of non-profit, but they yeah. made a lot of money off of it. Mm-hmm. And now they're venturing into the, I guess, the the military sector. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so, but as a kid, I thought they were always maybe military, but I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of trying to picture, like figure out where, like what OCP, what what is their outward appearance, you know, to the rest of the world. I think they were supposed to be kind of non-profity, like that really nice company. Kind but then of. they roll out with Ed 209 yeah. and everything, and they're trying to get into the, the that well, market. It's already established that they, they they own the police pretty right. much. Like so, I, they're pretty much like a, a mega company that they, yeah. that they own everything. It seems. And I mean, obviously, and, and to like this movie came out years ago, and it's so relevant today with all the stuff yeah. that they're talking about. It's crazy. It came out thirty two years ago. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yes, it is very very relevant. A lot of that same stuff is still happening today. But uh, so Dick Jones, great name, Dick Jones. Uh, he introduces them to this new robotic police unit called Ed, which stands for what does it stand for? Actually, I don't know. I don't know if they do say it, but I can't. I can't remember. What it I want to say. I wanted. I wanted to say urban pacification, but that would be EP. Yeah. So, or, yeah. W U P urban. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> again, can, can respect you, point drop. Can again. you cut that one out, please? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down like a sweet muffin. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so it's Ed 209 is this uh, robotic police unit. It's got these big-ass guns, and honestly, it looks pretty fucking good. I really like the, the design of it. I think him and RoboCop hold up really well yeah. as something that looks still looks pretty modern. Ed 209 looks mean as shit. It does, and as a yeah. kid, he was probably one of my favorite like movie robots, you mm-hmm. know? And even to today, I look at him, and I'm just like, I look over all parts of him, and I'm like, God, he's so cool looking. Yeah. You just can't walk downstairs, man. That's yeah. the only problem. God. We're going to talk about <laughs> yeah, that coming down the line. But uh, yeah, the look is good. The, the motion is a little rough. It's a stop motion animation. And, you know, that's that's how they had to do it back then. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's fine for the time. And kind of when you get your brain back into it, it's okay. 
Uh, but, but the watching fact it now, it is yeah. stop motion, and you see when his legs move that there's like these gears that spin and mm-hmm. turn. It's you know people think stop motion animation is like this archaic thing, but when you actually look at the level of detail that yeah. they put into Ed Two Hundred Nine and all the moving parts, I mean, first off, so much easier nowadays, you know, yeah. CGI. Yes. I, I mean, that's a labor of love right there, but it's impressive as hell. Yeah, absolutely. Now they're gonna do a demonstration with Ed Two Hundred Nine. And it does not go well. Uh, they have this random suit just oh, kind of pick up a, a gun bastard. and point it at him. And he follows all the rules. That guy does it fine, but the the programming is has a glitch in it or something. And it blows this guy into shreds. This poor bastard, man. You now have 15 seconds to comply. You are in direct violation of Penal Code 113, Section 9. He just gets shot to shit. Just utterly oh. destroyed. Now, and what's worse is in the director's cut, what you can tell if you're watching the director's cut versus the theatrical cut, because when he lands on the model of Delta City, the director cut has another 20 seconds of him just exploding from more bullets. <laughs> So there's there's actually more, and that's what I watched uh, last night. Uh, I rented it off the PlayStation Network. It's the director's cut, so uh, I got the full. Wow. That dude just he's a smear afterwards. Okay. I did <laughs> don't, not. And then and then one guy's like, "Don't touch him! Don't touch him! <laughs> just let him go! Let him go! Uh, let him go off into that great beyond." Yeah. Well, uh, because this company committed murder, they shut, get shut down, and uh, that's the end of the project and their storyline, as it should be. Uh, but that's not the case. Of course, this is a corrupt future, and they're just like, eh, sweep it under the rug. And they don't even address it. They're just like, hey, he's dead. That's that. <laughs> so Probably marked it as an industrial accident. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is an in- Yep, absolutely. No way, because then they would have had to give his family workers comp. They're not going to give his family <laughs> workers comp. They're just going to say he did it on per. He shot himself that many he times. He committed suicide. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, that's the problem. Damn corrupt businesses. Anyway, uh, we meet this guy, Morton, who's kind of, we kind of see him through um, there's different times at the company. He is the, he talks about bringing up this RoboCop program and it's really what we kind of find out that it's, it's a mixed cybernetic and like human, you know, hybrid. And all we kind of see is Dick Jones, who is backing the Ed 209 program. He's just pissed. He's not happy. He's just obvious very early on that he's going to be a villain. <laughs> and and he's, he's the number two guy there. So he's yeah. right under the old man and, and uh, Bob Morton, that's uh Miguel Ferrer. Yeah, who I, who I will forever love just because of you know the Bob Morton role. But every time I mm-hmm. he's he passed away a couple years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, but he will always be Bob Morton yeah. to me. You know, <laughs> we cut to Murphy and Lewis, and they've got a call about a robbery, and it's uh, Clarence Boddicker, who is the '70s show dad. Where we kind of saw him on the news a little bit earlier. He's a real badass. Honestly, he does a good job. I forgot how menacing <laughs> and how kind of crazy. Clarence is in this movie. He's yeah. he's awesome. Yeah, very scary. But there there's a whole car chase that they kind of do, and one of Clarence's guy gets shots in the shot in the leg, and mm-hmm. in his you know just ridiculousness and how insane he is. Instead of like you know helping his guy and getting loyalty, he's just he's like, "Can you fly, Bobby?" Chucks him out the fucking window to to stall the cops so that they can get away in their van. Dude, I mean you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, and he, Bobby could not fly, so no. <laughs> he's, he's dead. He's a, <laughs> now he's yeah. dead. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a badass getaway, honestly. And the shootout that they like on the road that Murphy had the two uh, guns in his hand that was fun. It was it yeah. was a fun little action piece, you know, not not too not too extreme, but it was it was definitely cool. Yeah. Uh, so Murphy and Lewis catch up to the van, uh, and they decide to not wait for backup because they're badasses. They don't care. <laughs> well, it's it, they say backup is unavailable. So okay. I think I think at that Maybe point you it. have to like assume that they either have to give up and be like, okay, we're just not going to get them, or you know, but that's not what a hero does, or go in. And on your right. own, unfortunately. Yeah. And this will probably turn out just fine. No one's going to get hurt. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, he, so, he becomes RoboCop yeah. willingly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He uh, volunteers. Yeah. So they they get in there. And so Lewis finds uh, Clarence's henchman, Joe Cox. I kind of like him. He's kind of like, I don't know, almost like a, like a Black Panther-esque kind of guy. That's kind of like the vibe that, that the actor he's, took with that one. Yeah, he's the one with the high-pitched laugh. And yeah. I, Mil- honestly, very militant <clears throat> kind of guy. Honestly, all the the goons with uh, Clarence Boddicker's goons, they all have good personalities yeah. you know, mm-hmm. enough to what you need to make it happen. Right. That they don't feel like that they're all expendable. They feel like and they feel like a crew. They feel like they're they're a tight crew. Yeah. Except for that guy with the sweater that gets killed like right yeah. away. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's like, I was like, what does he do really? <laughs> I think he just watches the place. Yeah, I like that. You know, when Lewis meets up with him and he's peeing and she has him stop and he turns around and he's still got his dick out, which you can't you can't see. It, but he's like, mind if I zip this up? And he's waiting for her to take a look at his dick, which she does, and then he pushes her and, and shoves her off, uh, kind of like this this tall building area, uh, which she ends up being fine. But yeah, it's just it's it's a well played scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they do because they do a close up of both their eyes, and it's yeah. it's almost kind of like you know like a, a standoff in a Clint right. Eastwood movie, but you know involving penises. Yeah. As, as as it should have been, honestly. I, I think so. I think all those movies would have been great if it just involved penis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wow, we've, we're going to have to do a remake of The Good, Bad, The Ugly. We may have to. And <laughs> recasting you know, all, with all, all I'm gonna have stars. Ron Jeremy, uh, Peter North, and one more. Who's I can't. That's the only two porn names. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember. <laughs> all the ones I know are probably dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's a horrible thought. That's kind of like when they, someone posted on Facebook a meme that was like, you know, all, all the dog movies that you grew up with, all the dogs are probably dead at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. All my favorite porn stars are yeah. dead, too. All of your favorite male porn stars, their dicks are shriveled <laughs> and uh, they're, they're uh, long gone, rotting horrible. in the ground. Horrible. That was a weird tangent. I'm sorry. I'm mm. sorry, everyone who has just listened to that one. Uh, let's go back into RoboCop. Uh, Murphy ends up finding some other of the goons, and uh, he mentions a line that does come back later. He says, Better alive. You're coming with me. And that's just important because we'll get we'll come back to that one later. Mm-hmm. Specifically, the guy, the goon. Emil. Emil, yeah, is yeah. the one who he talks to, who, who mentions to it. And he'll uh, say that again as Robocop later, which we'll we'll get to. And, and can I can I mention real quick? Uh, anytime Emil is smoking, he, it's a like a neon lime green cigarette, and mm. that's how you know it's the future because they have green <laughs> cigarettes. Ah, okay, good to know. I guess they wouldn't have uh, realized that vape pens were going to be a thing. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, seriously. If that movie was made now, everyone would just be vaping. Yeah, just be vaping. Uh, some other goons kind of come in, and they all capture Murphy, and Clarence then walks in. And they kind of put him down to the ground, and Clarence shoots his fucking hand off, and we get a good shot of his hand just exploding yeah. uh, off of his arm. Uh, it's very gory. 
But it's good. It's well yeah, done. It's, they do a good job with the gore. I mean, like, if you like gore, the, this particular scene right here is one for you. Verhoeven yeah. always has good gore in his yeah. movies. I, I've always liked his his squibs, his blood packets. Mm-hmm. Anytime people get shot in any Verhoeven movie, it's like a, a magnum round is, like, <laughs> blasting through them, you know? And and it's cool. And it all that translated well, I think, to Starship Troopers. Total Recall had fantastic squibs. All yeah. of his movies are just violent as hell. Yeah. But I know he does it to the point where it's sort of, it's supposed to be comedic and satire. Yeah. You know? I see that. What I thought was weird about the scene was when Murphy gets his hand blown off, he doesn't make a sound. Like, there is no sound at all at first. It's just, I mean, maybe that's just to That's kind of, kind of disturbing. Though. Yeah, that's really, he just gets his hand shot off. He's just like, nothing. Uh, and then they start unloading on him and then you get the yelling and then he's like he just gets absolutely torn to shreds i mean he is just decimated yes they they blow up like or they shoot every part of his body pretty much and then clarence to top it off at the end shoots him right in the brain yeah and and they have this great shot where they use like a dummy face you know so they could pan they they kind of dolly the camera back around Mm -hmm. so they could have the back of his head blow out i don't know if that was the director's cut or if that was what you saw i don't remember okay that might have been a little bit more extreme now all right guys i'm gonna take just a little side note and to remind everyone that i was nine years old when i saw this (laughs) in the theater and this movie is the reason I don't have any sort of love for like Goonies and E.T. and stuff like that because while everyone was watching E.T. over and over again, I saw this wide up, eyes wide open, <laughs> watched a man just get decimated, watched a man melt. We'll get to that later. But uh. I just want to start off by saying Robocop is the reason I don't care about E.T. I don't have fond memories of it because I saw this when I was nine years old That's in the theater with my father. 80s parenting at its best, ladies and gentlemen. At its best. <laughs> and I'm going to bring it back up again because as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, this is horrific. Some of these things are absolutely yeah. horrific. Oh, it's I mean, it's an easy R movie. <laughs> it's it's a hard R. Yeah. But that's also in like, yeah, you're here with your with your parents. Yeah, sure, whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Nine years old. Go go watch a yeah. man melt. It's okay, guys. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a shame though. ET is good. Yeah. Goonies is real. I mean, I've, I like Goonies. Yeah, I, I've yeah. seen it, I'm, but I'm using it as an example of like people grow up like loving Disney movies and yeah. stuff. I didn't get a chance to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're I went right for the good shit. Well past it. <laughs> Uh, but Lewis finds Murphy's dead body, or not really dead, because they he's somehow still clinging to life, which makes no fucking sense to me. You're shot that many times, and you're hitting the brain, but he was still kind of clinging to life. And so they take him to a hospital, and they're kind of working on him. They kind of just see, like, from his POV, it goes black. And then, after, like, a second or two, you kind of see these glitches. All of a sudden, we're getting, like, screen-like images, some, like, camera shit going on. Um, we're kind of seeing different suits from you know the omni consumer products people uh and we're just getting like little tidbits of what they're doing to him shit that's going getting attached to him uh and that i really like like this is kind of almost the introduction of robocop is through his eyes and it's just little small instances of here's a flash of what's happening all right black here's another flash of what's happening boom here's this weird new year's eve scene but it's just like all this weird shit but it works really well in my opinion it's Mm. a great way to cover like a lot of time is is going past they don't ever i don't think they ever really say how much time has passed but you know it's a lot because you see different events happening in front of his eyes but we already you know the 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 conceit that we're seeing through his eyes we know that whenever it blacks out that there's an uh, we don't know how much time has passed Mm -hmm. and i think that was it was a great great job of of the confusion of sort of being born again you know from his point of view mm-hmm. but even before that the um 
the surgery stuff, like that was intense. Oh yeah, that yeah. was really well shot. I, I thought it was really well acted. That one guy, I guess he's the, the doctor or the surgeon, where he's calling out like you know shock him again. He, he sort of had no like personality to him, but for some reason it, it worked. Mm-hmm. It felt very sterile and it felt terrifying, just yeah. utterly terrifying. But I love Robocop's rebirth, yeah. and I love how how. They they cloud your your view of him when they're introducing him a little bit later. I love how they're always obstructing it and stuff like that. But just that time that that goes by with his first person point of view, and then when you learn that they just lose his arm and everything, you know, it's like why do we? It's like <laughs> damn, that's fucked up, you know? Yeah. Right? Because yeah, they don't they don't care about him at all. It's no, all he's just a their, piece of meat. He's their yeah, exactly. He's meat and he's their product. That's that. But I do want to call out. I really like uh, Bob Morton has a great line, like just in those flashes where he just at one point kind of turns to RoboCop and says, "You're gonna be a bad motherfucker." <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you're right. He is. RoboCop now kind of like fully wakes up, and we get a very kind of quick introduction to him. We kind of see him on his TV really quick as he kind of. We're still like that in was his cool. POV. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. Actually, that's that is good filmmaking where you're just kind of oh getting a glimpses of what he's actually looking like. And then when we get to the precinct is when we kind of see him in full. And like, that's really well done. And all the reactions of the cops kind of add to, to just knowing that it's, he's, it's something new. It's something immense. It's something big, something they've never seen before, mm. but at the same time, still plausible, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> like no one's like screaming and losing their mind. Like this shouldn't yeah. exist. Yes. But so, yeah, so he's in front of all these cops. They're going, they're talking about a lot of his, uh, his specs and stuff like that. And, one of the people actually asks, uh, well, what about tracking? And this other guy has like a little tracker on it. Did you guys notice how shitty that prop was? When they first show like, oh, he has a tracker on him. It was not like a screen with like a tracker button. It was just a red dot with like a painted on map. It it was a terrible prop. Yes. (laughs) I mean, later on, they actually have like a screeny looking prop, but as it is right now, it was it was awful, and I, it made me laugh. I, I absolutely every time I watch it, and ever since I was a kid, I was like, "Well, that doesn't look right." Yeah. <laughs> I like I zoom in right on that dot that's yeah. that's physically there. Yes, it's a and, physical dot. And now that we have phone. iPhones, like we know what's we know what's up. Yeah, <laughs> they talk about. Uh, him getting fed this gross paste, kind of like baby food, to keep his <laughs> organic parts uh, alive, basically. Okay, so I do have another thing. Sometimes when I'm like alone or I'm I'm doing dishes. Okay, let's yeah, let's yeah. cut that back. Sometimes when I'm doing dishes by myself, I sing uh, the Smelly Cat song. But I <laughs> sing friends, it. But yeah. I sing it for Robert Cop, and I go Robert Cop, Robert Cop. What are they feeding you? And I go. It's baby food. Well, you got to explain Robert Cop now. So you oh, told us right, you haven't actually right. discussed that. Okay, on so the so there's a there was a Chinese toy knockoff of RoboCop, and it was called Robert Cop, and you know you can find pictures of it on the internet. But ever since then, I found that to be so like it tickled my fancy so much yeah. that I cannot refer to RoboCop as <laughs> anything but Robert Cop Robert. these days. And I've I've been doing good, guys. I've been really trying to say yeah. RoboCop yeah. because I'm trying to keep this professional. Yes, you know, I want to maintain the level of quality that yeah, you guys are known for. <laughs> we do we talk about porn stars and other random shit and RoboCop dicks, which we haven't yeah. gotten to yet, but yeah. I'm sure we will. Yeah, oh yeah, John's face is not happy. Anyway, uh, we now kind of go through RoboCop's prime directives, which are serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. Then we see this hidden fourth directive. It just says Directive Four classified, and we're like, the fuck is this? And so we know that's going to come back later, which is just well done. I mean, it's all, they don't discuss it at all in that part. It's just something that you see on screen. And if you're not paying attention, you kind of lose it. But when you, if you are, it's something that kind of helps fulfill the storyline even better. 
I know I didn't pick up on it until mm. I was older. You know, yeah. I didn't yeah, notice well what it was or whatever. You know, yeah. but that's it. Honestly, rewatching it now, this is the, probably the most I've paid attention to it mm. in a long time, and it's tight. I mean, they 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 do everything right. You know, yeah. they do a good job of exactly like a setup and then pay off later. Yeah. Like exactly like this moment. Yeah, there's nothing that doesn't get paid off, and everything from like lines yeah. to you know everything comes back later. It's it's a tight script. Yeah, absolutely. Cut to a shooting range at the uh, precinct, and we just get a bunch of people just shooting some targets, and then RoboCop has this automatic pistol, and it's just, it's a badass. It's like, um, it's not like, is it a Desert Eagle? No, what it is, is it's actually, originally they wanted to ju- him to just have a Desert Eagle, yeah. but what? it looked yeah. too small with okay. the suit. Which is a big-ass pistol. Yeah. Like, for, for people who don't know, a Desert, Desert Eagle is a big fucking pistol. So they took a pistol called, it's a Beretta pistol called a 93R, which has a selector. So the actual pistol has a selector for three-round burst. Oh, and then okay. they just modified it with a much longer barrel and an outward casing to make it look bigger. Okay. So it would fit with him. So it's based on a real firearm, but uh, they they heavy, heavily nice. modified it for the film. Nice. I like that they're like, oh, this is one of these huge pistols. It's not big enough. It's not huge <laughs> enough for this guy. But at the end of the day, like that Robocop's pistol is as iconic as he is. It's sexy as hell. It like, is. I can't imagine anything else, you know, them using another a gun at this point. Right. Because it's so synonymous with him. Yeah, it, it really is. Like, that, that burst pistol is absolutely him. Does So I never watched Robocop 2 or 3. Did you guys? Oh, yeah. You did. I watched the second one, but it's been decades since yeah. I've seen it. The one thing that I felt he was missing in this movie was a cool, unique car. Yeah, I he, agree with he that. Needs, he, he would be elevated to another level if he had his own specific badass car. Does he ever get one down the line? Okay. No, but he does get a jetpack in Robocop 3. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, he also gets a PG thirteen rating too. Oh. So RoboCop three sucks ass, and it's Damn. not even it's not even Peter Weller in that one. It's um, oh, the guy from Dust Devil. Uh, I forgot his Don't name. Know. Yeah, that sounds uh, like a vacuum. Yeah, he, he it didn't really it didn't do that. The well. only thing I ever remembered about RoboCop three was that they shot it in Atlanta. Okay. No, <laughs> I remember. I remember when they sh- they were talking on the news that they were shutting down parts of Atlanta to, sh- to film the movie. Okay, RoboCop Two is fun. It was actually directed by Irving Kirshner, uh, Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. Um, I, I I brought the comic over. It was a, the original draft of the movie was written by Frank Miller, the comic book mm. writer, and then they totally like retooled a lot of stuff. But Avatar Press um, put out an actual. They took his Frank Miller's original script and put out it turned it into a comic series and it's fantastic. So I, I brought that over so you guys can read it. I yes. recommend reading it and then go watch Robocop Two. Robocop Two is not terrible. It just could have been so much better. Okay. It, but it is fun because Robocop does fight a big robot. Okay. Which is kind of what everyone sort of wanted. Yeah. Well which he kind of did here. Kind yeah. of only kind of. Only kind yeah. of. All right. He kind of used Ed Two Nine's weaknesses against yeah. him, <laughs> which I will I will read the comic, and if I like the comic enough, then I'll watch RoboCop okay. Two. After RoboCop just obliterates his uh, paper target, he does this <laughs> little gun flip into his side, which which is like a thing that he, that that Murphy Human Murphy did that kind of he got because his son. There's this whole kind of little backstory behind. And this it. was another one of the payoffs that they plant yep. early because this is when when he's uh, drinking coffee, he's spinning his gun, mm-hmm. and it's what TJ Laser is yes. is what the show that his kids watches. So he's doing it to impress his kid, yeah. and Lewis sees it, and then this pays off to kind of starts yeah. putting the the idea in Lewis's head that maybe yeah. this is Murphy. Exactly. So that she sees that right here, but to me, it also puts something into my head that. He's not just robot. He is still 
part human. And like, that's, that's a whole one of the major storylines, or at least like one of the motifs in this film is, you know, you know, what is humanity and how much does he still have? And him still doing that flip is something that he still has from his human form. And I, to me, it's like, okay, there's still a little bit of Murphy in you. Yeah. You and then no amount of like erasing your memory can yeah. possibly like take it out. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's pretty much what they dive into in Westworld, right? Like, like yeah, you know, there's, retaining there's, memories and stuff, it's sort of probably, thing. Yeah, it's probably pretty similar. Yeah. yeah not probably pretty similar. Yeah. I, I hated season two. I hated season two so much, I'm not sure if I even want to watch season three of Westworld. Yeah. I I'm, really like that first one. Though. I love the first season, but I think it stands well as its own standalone thing. Um, mm-hmm. But just, I don't know if this is the right time to talk about it, but... I do want to address the fact that as a kid, I thought that like Murphy's face and everything, like picture like bone and they had to put like the robot stuff around him. Mm -hmm. But then I I read this like blog article or something like years ago where it talks about like, or is all of that robot and they just took face, you know what I mean? Like if you cut underneath of that, is that just robot underneath? And and, you know, she touches his face in in part two. There's actually a scene in part two where his wife comes to see him because they kind of squash the whole wife thing. And he's like, touch my face. Because he's accepted who he is. And she's like, it's cold. And he's like, they did this to honor Murphy. You know, he's like, I'm not Murphy, but he's telling it to her so she can move on type of thing. But as a kid, I was like, I thought that, that this was built around the shell of Murphy's broken body. But someone proposed an idea that maybe this is just a piece of flesh that was pulled over a piece of metal. And I'm like, that's disturbing. Yeah. It is weird, though. It doesn't make any sense why they even have his entire face. Like, I can kind of understand, like, just the bottom half, you know, if you're trying to make him human-looking. Make him relatable and stuff to people. But the reason he has that whole helmet, and he has that visor, like, that acts as his camera, but, like, you take that off, and he's still, He's he's got two eyeballs. Yeah. But it's like, why? Why would they do that? You think out of everything, the benefit would be to have robotic eyes, yeah. so you can see like everything. <laughs> yes. you know? I agree with you. I think at this point, they would probably take his eyes away yeah, and just course. keep his keep his mouth like there. Yeah. And I think in the RoboCop remake, they specifically kept his right hand human, so that way when he shook hands with people, it would be more relatable to them. Mm. But at least they sort of address that as an idea to keep parts there in order to still make him relatable yeah. to people because at the end of the day you want robocop he's also supposed to be an ambassador to the people you know yeah, too I guess so. so you can't really have him just be completely horrific like ed 209 yeah exactly he's that he's that part way into there but i, I so i never watched the the robocop movie the new one but i did watch like a clip of it just while i was like looking through clips for this film and i did not like their portrayal of RoboCop, he was way too human. Yeah, like he was super. He was very much a human, and he looked like a human in a suit, and he acted like a human in a suit. And, and you can say that, okay, in the the technology we have now, the the robot would be more fluid. But what Peter Weller does as RoboCop in that suit. I completely forget every single time that he's not a robot. Yeah. He's literally just a dude with styrofoam on, and he's when the way he turns his head and then moves his body, everything is done so yeah. precisely. And that's why he, I think he got the job. Like I think that mm-hmm. was what he really, really brought to the table. Yeah. I completely lose Peter Weller in RoboCop. Oh yeah, easily, easily. He does a fantastic. The way you put it, um, like I. Do think it holds up for anybody out there who wants to, if you're wanting to watch this film to see if the 
character of RoboCop and the look of RoboCop hold up? Spoiler alert, it does, in yeah. my opinion. Because the way you put yeah, Peter Weller's movements, he feels super robotic and he looks robotic and the suit still looks badass. The suit looks looks it fantastic. And the way they shoot him, and you, you you watch it now, you can tell that that suit's rubber. I mean, it just is. You know what it's made out of. But the way they shoot him and the way he walks... It feels like he weighs two tons. Yeah, you know, and that's not an easy thing to pull off. It's it's that's all trick of cameras. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's you know what that is. That's a very very you know excellent filmmaker right there. That's, yep. He knows his craft. He mm-hmm. knows how to pull it off. And to this day, Robocop is still he's awesome looking. He's yeah. really cool looking. He is. Uh, so now we get some of uh, Robocop's first assignments. He's going out to stop some crime on the streets. He goes into a convenience store and we get this really fucking weird commercial in the convenience store. This guy, I don't even know what the hell he's selling or whatever the show is, but his his uh, whole thing is, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> that's it. That's what this all, like, I think he's, he's supposed to be yeah, like a Benny get... Hill sort of a scenario okay. type yeah, of thing. Yeah, I can see that. Because he's got all the, the, the big breasted women's around him yeah. and stuff and he's getting chased around by them and I think it's just supposed to be shenanigans. Yeah. But it's like the lowest level and everyone who watches it just cracks up hilariously i think it it's almost like idiocracy mm. i think yeah. that's i think that's where verhoeven was kind of going with it okay. it's like it's the lowest form of entertainment yeah. and they're these stupid americans are just laughing at it <laughs> that we do yeah, not, you're not wrong yeah <laughs> mr verhoeven so uh, a guy comes in to rob the place and then shortly after uh robocop walks in uh, he saves the store. You know, he's just utter badass. By destroying the store. By destroying it, yes. Yeah, he just he throws the guy through a window and then just walks out. He doesn't actually, like, book him or anything. <laughs> he just throws him through a fucking, like, fridge window, and then he's like, I'm done here, and then walks out, and then you get a, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> See, I, I have, um on my notes, RoboCop doesn't arrest anyone. Yeah. He, I go, he kills or he shoots balls off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I put in parentheses, except for Clarence Bodiger. Yeah. He actually arrested him he actually, be- yes. because that was a plot point. Well, which <laughs> he is weird. To be arrested. Well, I do want to talk. Yeah, we'll get. Obviously, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, in this next part, you know, he saves this lady from muggers, uh, possible rapists, and he does it by shooting through her dress, which is a fantastic scene. Honestly, yeah. uh, that is one that I it's, that I remember. The second like the scene pops up, and just like, oh yes, he's gonna shoot through her fucking legs, and he's gonna hit him in the dick. Yep. <laughs> a lot of dick talk in this movie so far. Uh, but he blows this guy's nuts away, and it's. It's quite humorous, honestly. And the worst part when you think about it, that was three bullets. Because every shot is a (laughs) three-round burst. (laughs) Yeah. That guy's balls are gone. Yes. And it's actually quite funny. She, She realized she was saved, and she runs up to him to, like, hug him and thank him. And he just comes across, like, super robotic to her. Thank you. Thank you. Madam, you have suffered an emotional shock. I will notify a rape crisis center. To me, that was a little bit funny, but also, you know, implying like, okay, he's just a fucking robot. A, di- a disconnect from his yeah. humanity. Now, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that Judge Dredd was an inspiration for this. I've seen online, like, a clip of, of an old comic, Judge Dredd comic, where he rescues a lady, and she kisses him, and he's like, he puts her, gives her, like, sentences, like, six, six months in, like, cryo, whatever the Judge Dredd mm-hmm. thing is, uh-huh. because she, you know, kissed, she touched a judge without, you know, her permission, uh-huh. whatever the, you know, the, the citation <laughs> yeah. was, he, he issued it instantly, so I felt like that scene maybe was actually a little homage to that, where she kisses Robocop, but he's, he's like, you know, you, you're traumatic, you've been traumatized, yeah. 
traumatized, you know, there's, it's cold and emotionless, but mm-hmm. the payoff is still the same, which is you're expecting a, an emotional response from the savior. And then you get like fucked yeah. back, you know, yeah. by, you know, whether you're the girl or not. Yep. Next we have a hostage situation. Uh, and this guy has gone just crazy from like losing an election or something. Uh, and you know, he kind of wants his job back. And what I like about that scene is to stop him, Robocop busts through a wall, grabs him and like throws him back. Then he punches him through a window (laughs) and it's, and the cameras follow him all the way down, and then they land. It's, he doesn't even throw him through the window. He punches him yes. through a window. So I would imagine that guy might have been dead before he hit the ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to cut to one of those newscasts that we talked about before, just getting some stuff about RoboCop and you know another funny little line where they, they ask him, oh, do you want to say something to the kids? And he only says this. Stay out of trouble. I like the way he says Trouble, trouble. Because every time there's a slight pause, and then he says the word really fast. Trouble, trouble. But Peter, yeah. Peter Well, I, I wonder if that was, I assume all of Robocop is Peter Weller's choices that he makes, mm. but every one of them is just fantastic to put together this character of Robocop. Uh, we're going to cut to Bob Morton at the company, and he's doing really, really well. He gets a key to the executive bathroom, uh, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, good for him. Uh, the thing that bothers me about that executive bathroom, you think with all that money, they would be able to get stalls that would go all the way like to the fucking floor or something. Like, you know, they still have those damn stalls that have cracks in them and <laughs> you, you can see all the way to the bottom. It's like, you know, if it's the executive wa- washroom, don't you think they should have some privacy and, you know, better bathrooms than just like a regular old toilet? <laughs> I, I think I've used a stall that goes all the way down to the floor once, and it was the greatest poop of my life. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, this is so, perfect. I'm in my own little fart yes, box yeah. <laughs> with my own filth, and uh, no one can hear or see me. I'm going to go to town. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's nice, John. <laughs> Not arguing. arguing. No, John likes to poop out in the open. He just just goes to the middle of the street. He doesn't care. Guys, I'll be in the woods. Uh, But uh, Morton runs into Dick Jones. He's saying some mean shit about Dick Jones actually at this time, but uh, there's a little confrontation there, and Dick Jones is quite a dick. Got an asshole, and he's kind of pissed that the Ed 209 project isn't isn't the main project anymore. It's just more set up that he's the obvious villain, you know? Yeah. And I like they play it that he obviously doesn't care that the project didn't work. Mm -hmm. He had a guaranteed thing. Yes. This guy, Morton screwed it up for him so yeah. i mean he even said he had like like repair parts like, yeah. like for years worth of ready to go with this thing yeah. i mean yeah. i i older now older me now i get why he was pissed that was <laughs> yeah. a that was a big deal that he had lined up with the military yeah. you know yeah. I, I understand why he's pissed no exactly he i mean he was gonna make fuck tons of money for the company on this and well the irony though at the end of the day i I actually don't think a robocop scenario is better for like wars i think there's still a market for ed 209 oh you know like patrolling third world countries and stuff so on the flip side of that coin i don't i don't think that the deal would have been completely killed they just would have probably made it more of a military style thing but i think he was trying to do urban pacification yeah yeah exactly If, if it was urban pacification that's one thing but yeah for wars ed 209 makes much more sense i mean you're getting just a droid kind of or a drone kind of thing out there but guys if it can't navigate stairs uh, I know, how working. is it supposed to be an urban pacification thing what like it's I, I feel like it's terrible. made more for like just guarding bases and like yeah. guarding military you know right. outposts yeah, exactly. and stuff that's it's a terrible design yeah. like how the fuck did they not think about well it's that? a terrible design well, for what yeah, they're trying to push it at yeah all right we're 
We'll talk about that when we get to it. <laughs> God damn it. That's like my favorite scene, yeah. I think, in the movie. So uh, at this point, Robocop is like shut down and they're just kind of either doing some maintenance on him or something. And he starts dreaming. So we know that his brain's not completely gone at this point because uh, Robocop is dreaming. We get some really terrible scientists who are around not paying attention um, you know, to him and what's going on with his brain at this point. Um, but he kind of like flashes back to some older moments and then like his death, he's kind of getting flashes of, you know, when he got shot up and killed. Um, and then he eventually just kind of like snaps. He wakes himself up. He just kind of like leaves the facility. He starts to walk out and he runs into Lewis here. She kind of calls him out like, Hey, you're Murphy. I know you're Murphy in there. For some reason, Morton and the team are all mad at Lewis for I know, calling him. That part didn't make any sense. No, it didn't make any damn sense. It's 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 weird though. I really enjoyed the scene where the suits were chasing them down. It could have been like a boring whatever's normal scene, but the camera work, it was always moving. It would be like following the one guy as he's like the actors like racing around corners where he's mm-hmm. like has to hold on to stuff and I was like I was like, this could have been a very, very boring, normal just chase scene, but yeah. Ver, the way Verhoeven shot it, it's it's kinetic, it's fun. Yeah. You get the sense of urgency that that the suits that the scientists are feeling, you know, yeah, towards lo- losing their billion dollar <laughs> yes. like up. He's not supposed to be up and running. He yeah. was powered down. That's if your that's uh, it's if your laptop just all of a sudden just gets up and starts walking out. You're like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> and then starts talking to Lewis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Murphy, are you are you in there, Murphy? No, it's just a fucking Mac. God damn it! <laughs> it's just Mac from a sunny yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, hey, there you go. Ah, <laughs> oh, love that show. The Fat Mac season is my favorite yeah, season good for one. sure. Good I, love, I think it's season seven. John's not a big Always Sunny fan, I think. No. Anyway, um, Robocop is out. He wants to kind of just go stop crime. Like, that's his directive. So he goes out and he sees a robbery. And it's by one of the, the goons, uh, Clarence's goons. It's um, Emil. Emil, yeah, exactly. He's at this gas station. And Robocop says that line to him again. He says, Dead or alive, you are coming with me. And Emil immediately clicks into it. And he's like, he knows who it is. He's like, wait a minute, we fucking killed you, man. What the hell's going on? And he asks him, who are you? And this sends Robocop into like a fucking brain spasm. He just yeah, like, a, like yeah. a logic loop or something. Mm-hmm. It's like he was shut down for a second. Exactly. And so this kind of gives uh, Emil a little bit of time to kind of start to get away on his motorcycle. But uh, Robocop ends up shooting, basically shooting him down. And, ex- and uh, Emil explodes the fucking gas station. Great explosion. Great scene like with that. But now this is really what Robocop's trying to figure out what the hell's going on and like who he was or whatever and trying to also figure out Emil and uh, that whole group. And so he goes into like the cop's computer database room and he takes this big fucking like computer spike. That's a really good scene where he just takes shink, snick it. He pulls it out (laughs) and then he shoves it into the computer and he's going through the different databases and he figures out who Emil is and then finding his different accomplices. Um, and we kind of see, and then he ends up seeing an old picture of himself. Well, because he sees that that Clarence Boddicker comes up, and yes. then under his, what he's suspected of is m- m- killing A. Murphy, like Alex yeah. Murphy, A. Period Murphy. Yeah, which kind of also really just flips out his head. Like he, you know, his his new robotic head. He's not he's not sure what he is anymore, and he's he kind of is realizing, oh, he was Murphy, but he's not Murphy anymore. He then goes to his old home. No one's there. Obviously, his mo- his wife and kid have split. They, you know, she took them somewhere else. And uh, we get this weird robotic realtor, <laughs> which kind of works. I which got, is a cool concept. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. 
It almost makes know. you think like they should have stuff like that in houses now. I don't know. Right. I haven't bought a house. Maybe they do. I've got some friends in realties. You know, I want them to keep their jobs. So <laughs> I'll I will say that uh, I loved in Murphy's house. It was so futuristic looking, but the TV that his kid was watching, TJ Laser on, yeah. is like from the 1970s. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. CRT. You know, none of them realized that HD and flat screens were going to become a thing. Like nobody predicted that. No. <laughs> While he's at his old home, he you get a whole bunch of just like flashbacks of his old life and you know his kid and his wife and shit like that next he goes after the different guys in the gang and so he's gonna hunt them down and first he gets uh ray wise who is leon i think is his character's name he's at this club and he just like fucking walks through the club and like starts beating up on uh leon and like nobody does anything nobody like no one's running away or anything's going on he just like grabs him by the hair and like takes him and that's that yeah uh, it was kind of unceremonial although leon did get a kick in although he probably broke his foot when he did it because he yeah. tried to kick robocop in the balls yeah. and i think we can all talk now that uh robocop probably has no balls yeah right, guys yeah. okay just robocop's got there. balls oh wait no he doesn't <laughs> nards nards yeah, yeah robocop's got, got nards <laughs> kick him in the nards nope didn't work did not work nope Unlike wait maybe leon nash is the kid that kicks uh the wolfman in the nards but grown up and that's gotta be it <laughs> That's gotta it's, be. This it. is a shared universe yeah. with Monster Squad, and so that was his. That was his go-to. Yep, that was, was his go-to defensive move, and it didn't work because it's work. usually it always works. Because <laughs> because everyone's got Nards except Robocop. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So he's got Leon, and then uh, now we're at Bob Morton's house, and he's doing some coke off these ladies' breasts, and he's having himself a good time because he's doing he's doing well in his company. And uh, Clarence comes in, shoots him in the legs, and he shows him this video. Of Dick Jones, you can't uh, you can't swing past probably my favorite oh. line in this whole <laughs> okay. thing. And he walks in, and he goes, "Bitches leave, <laughs> dude." If, if you didn't bring that up, I would have brought that okay. up, <laughs> dude. Because every time I hear it, I love it, and I will never say it out loud. But sometimes <laughs> in my head, I do say it, "Bitches leave." Yeah. There you go, bitches leave. Yeah, he says that. He shoots him in the leg. <laughs> he shows him that basically that uh, Dick Jones. Uh, hires has hired Clarence. So basically, Clarence works for Dick Jones, and so like the two villains are actually tied together in this movie. That's what we get kind of clarification on. Then Clarence blows up Bob <laughs> with, the, gotta, with the biggest explosion of a grenade ever. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it's like a, it's like a it's it's not really a sh- it's not a shrapnel grenade. It's a bomb. It has that little countdown timer on it, but it looks like a grenade. It's a future grenade. Okay, yep. people, it's a bomb. It's just, just like with the lime-colored cigarettes, we yes. know it's the future yeah. because a grenade can blow up a house. Yeah, exactly. It's got a <laughs> and it's got a digital timer on it. Yes. Yeah. So he's dead, uh, and now Clarence is uh, making some coke deals. You know, with this this guy at a warehouse, and then in comes RoboCop, and there's a whole big firefight going on. Which I. Did you guys notice it's almost like a ballet the way mm-hmm. the way RoboCop moves and yeah. like you know shooting over his shoulder everything is like this this cool smooth yeah. movement apparently this was his favorite scene to shoot and inside the helmet he had a walkman and he was listening to Peter Gabriel's Red Rain as they were <laughs> filming this Wow. 
that's awesome. Very cool. That's right. It has a musical quality yeah. to it. I'm watching. I'm like, what? No. It's, it's his movements. They're so smooth, and everything is very like like smooth. Yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah, really the, the way away. I put it was yeah. He adds flair. It's like to he was it. dancing. <laughs> yeah, he has a whole flair that each like when he moves his right arm because you'd think like a robot just just moves the yeah. arm and they do it, but he moves his left arm to balance himself and like he does very like, and he shoots over his shoulder. Yeah, he does a lot of yeah. It's artistic y kind of fun. You can tell. Yeah, it makes sense. He had fun with that scene. So yeah, he's uh, he's getting shot, but nothing's happening to him. So he's shooting up all of the other guys for some weird reason. I didn't understand. Clarence was up at the top. He didn't shoot Clarence at this time. Well, he's going after Clarence. He's going after, but you could have shot him in the leg. He's Robocop. He's got a lot of other dudes to shoot, though. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> there's a lot of shit they, happening. At this point, like it, when Clarence kind of like he sees him up there, there's Clarence and two other guys and he shoots the other guys and he leaves Clarence. He could have just fucking shot him in the leg and got him. But whatever. I mean, you're not wrong. No. But let's just say that was the human in him. Yeah. That was the flawed human in him. Yeah. Yeah. So but he wants to arrest Clarence. So he he doesn't want to kill him. Uh, which I thought previously that he had killed the henchmen. Like when we see them in their other scenes, like oh, you know, he's well, going. He, he killed um, the one guy with like the bandana, um, Min or something. I think yeah, his name was. That one guy. He killed him, but well, that guy knocks Joe Cox off. Yes, and yeah. Joe Cox so Joe lands, Cox and he's like, goes oh, away. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he and he doesn't goes to jail. The same jail but, as Leon. No, I'm talking about yeah, I'm talking about like yeah, Leon and Emil. Emil. Like when when Robocop got them, we didn't really like see what happened. To him. I just kind of assumed that he killed him because he killed everybody up until that point. Yeah, but yeah, so he's just now we want now he's human. He just wants to arrest them. Fine. Well, because he wants, he knows that's the only way to get to the bottom of yeah. who he was and who. It's it's very subtle, like his his motivation. Well, not subtle. I mean, it's yeah. there. But when you're a kid, you think he's just sort of out there just fighting crime and stuff. But I'm watching it now, and I realize it's he has a mission. Like, and and ever since once he wakes up from that dream, at that point on, he's Murphy. He broke yeah. the yeah, like true. the the RoboCop, you know, mm. programming or whatever. True. True. So yeah, so now Clarence is arrested. Uh, well, he beats the shit out yeah. of him. That's and that's <laughs> yeah. great. His face gets fucked up. That's when he's yelling, "I work yeah. for Dick Jones." I work for Dick Jones. Dick Jones. I work for Dick Jones. Dick Jones. Yeah, he fucking yells it and, non- and, over and over again. And what does he say? Like uh, Dick Jones, like, he works for OCP. OCP owns the cops. You're a cop. Yeah. And yes. that's what gets RoboCop to stop beating. He, I think RoboCop. I think Murphy. That point right there, Murphy was Murphy. He mm. was gonna like straight up kill Clarence Bodiger. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. But when he says, "You're right, I'm a cop," that's when he lets him go. Yeah. I think that was his Dark Knight of the Soul. Was right then and there. He was gonna straight up kill. Bodiger. Yeah. Now they're arrested, and so Robocop knows he has to go after Dick Jones, his boss. And Dick Jones, who has the tracker on him, you know, knows he's coming. As Robocop is about to arrest him, Directive 4 kicks into gear. And Directive 4 is Robocop cannot arrest any senior officer of OCP. Important directive that we will come back to later. Yep. We come back to everything later. Yeah, we do. It's very, very well done. Uh, and Ed 209 comes in and starts to beat the shit out of Robocop at first. But Robocop <laughs> goes away. And here we see Ed 209's greatest weakness of all time. Stairs. The, st- the fucking stairs. <laughs> uh, we already talked about it, but we're going to have to talk more about it. How the fuck did the programmers not think- Ant- anticipate stairs? Yeah, anticipate <laughs> stairs. Like, it doesn't. John. What the fuck? Come on. I don't think he was designed for it. Designed for so ever so he's got But yet he's, he's designed for street. For street for the street yeah. for street level. For handicap ramps and stuff <laughs> like that. That's it? Yeah. 
We can, get, we can get in one of those uh, old person seats that, that ride up and down the stairs like our grandmother has, you know? But the way he fell, he just puts his foot down and yeah. it plants for like one second. He's like, okay, this is good. And then, whoop, right yeah. for, like he's, do you have any rubber padding underneath yeah. there? Because that thing just went right it, out from under it him. It looked bad. The animation of him like falling down the stairs, it's almost needed like a whoop, 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 like yeah. kind of like animated, like com- cartoon shit slip on it. And you know? he does that, that pig squeal thing. Yeah. Oh my God, a weird noise pig squeal. Like why? Why would they It was program- kind of freaky. It was weird. <laughs> I don't know why they would have that animal scream with uh, Well, it also growled, uh, which was cool. I like yeah. that. <laughs> that makes more sense because it's intimidating. It's, supposed, yeah. it's programmed to intimidate people, uh, you know, to not perform crimes or do crimes. But a pig squeal when he's falling down. John. <laughs> Come on, John. God damn it, John. Come on. You're supposed to have the answers for us, yes. man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it seems the whole thing seemed as practical practical to me as the ATSTs in in Star Wars. But they, I mean, they had humans inside of them. They didn't squeal. But whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but you know what? Maybe those humans squealed when uh, when, yeah. they, when the uh, the logs in uh, uh, on Endor destroyed yeah, them. Maybe. God. <laughs> that was that's a horrible death for those two uh, pilots, by yeah, the way. True. Just getting crushed under all that metal and rock. <laughs> Anyways, side note. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's my fourth favorite Star Wars movie. Not even my third. No shit. I like Rogue One better than I like uh, Return of the Jedi. Okay. Okay. Rogue One is good. It's yeah. good. So I think it, Return of the Jedi is probably my favorite of all time. But it's it's got wow. most nostalgia to it, you know? Yeah. It, 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 I'm with him. Really? Return is your favorite of all yes. time? I have much more nostalgic love for that movie than I did for oh, yeah, good, Empire uh, and any it, other ones. And yeah. it wasn't until recently... I mean, yeah, it's got good shit, though. I mean, I... I do need to, yeah, I've, I've watched it, but you get, yeah, you get the whole, you know, the whole concept, the whole concept of the, uh, but the, but the they scout just, troopers with the, yeah, they look the really bikes cool. Looked but really the fact awesome. of the Ewoks taking them down is silly and just ridiculous. Uh, Adam, I think you need more yub yub in your life. Yup, 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 It wasn't until recently that I had I came to grips that Empire Strikes Back was not actually mm. my favorite. Like yeah. this was a, a more recent thing. I was like, you know what? I really think it's Return of the Jedi. Wow. I mean, Ewoks and you, all. You can definitely make the case that Empire is a better movie structurally and, and in different ways. But I just have more fun watching. Jedi, and and nostalgia is a strong, yeah. strong it is. thing. It is. And, 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 <laughs> I mean, you built a whole podcast on yes, it. Yes, those kids kids loved Ewoks, and and just like a lot about that film though. It is badass. I mean, you get the conclusion. You get the force lightning in that film. You get a great space battle. Probably one yeah. up until Rogue One, it was my favorite space battle. But now Rogue One space battle is, little, is the best. It's a little cheesy though. They just like bring back the Death Star again. It's just like, oh hey, you know that big thing? It's here's another one. And as a kid, and of course, I didn't in Force really Awakens, they bring that. here's an even bigger one. But it is <laughs> kind of whack. It is a little bit whack. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. And bring, as a, as a kid, I didn't really didn't bother me. But yeah. thinking about it now, I'm like, it's a little wackadoo. Yeah. Yes, the. Those scout troopers are the coolest of all the stormtroopers, pretty yeah. much. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And Jabba Hutt's palace. It's all Muppets. Yeah, it's Jabba's, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I love Muppets. I was, I was a big Muppet <laughs> fan as a kid. I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Salacious little, Crumb, yeah. dude. He's awesome, man. I love him. I love him, dude. And I had all the toys. It was it was also yeah. the first uh, movie I saw in the theater. Like I can remember actually seeing in the theater. It uh, uh, RoboCop, <laughs> Return of the Jedi, just holds up maybe, way too much. Maybe for we me. should go back to RoboCop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. yeah. We'll, we'll, save, we'll save Return for another discussion. Uh, I'll need to rewatch them and just in in Rogue One as well. Well, that's uh, my fiance and I are doing that this year. Our, our goal. We're just about to start rebels season four we mm. just binged rebels one two and three and we our goal now is after we finish season four is to watch all the movies in a row up until you know episode nine you know this year yeah. so we have the whole uh, year to do it no when you big say deal. in a row are you going to do you mean chronological yes, in yes, their start so yes, you'll start with yes, uh, episode yes. one and then and, and, and insert solo and insert rogue one we're okay. gonna watch all the movies straight in a row yeah. all the way up to it but now that we're she's never seen rebels i had so now she can be caught up on rebels okay. now we can watch it all that's that's our goal for this year and i think i'm trying to convince her to do a podcast where after each one <laughs> we, we we talk about it uh-huh. and then we talk about it like as a, a series whole you know mm-hmm. after we go see yeah. the movie so huh, we'll see what happens cool all right, back to RoboCop, everybody. <laughs> that might have been for the bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> hey Heyo. Uh, okay. RoboCop gets to the ground floor because he can walk downstairs. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the cops... He's not des- he's yeah. just, his design isn't flawed. Yes. And the cops who all work for OCP are there, and they shoot him up like crazy. Fire and With all of the firepower that they've got, they absolutely shoot him. Uh, like it was kind of cool that the that the beat cops were trying to stop them. They're yeah, like, he's a cop. Yeah, some but of these them. were like the OCP goon, like yeah. the, the the private the privatized military yeah. of OCP essentially. Yes. He kind of gets away a little bit. He finds Lewis, and Lewis helps him, and she kind of gets him into the car. They help. They they escape. I mean, we should mention at this point he is super fucked up. Oh yeah, he, he took the brunt of all the shots from Ed Two Hundred Nine and from all the cops. I think actually he took more damage from the the, the goons, the mercenaries, yes. than he did from Ed Two Hundred Nine. Oh yeah, definitely. but he, he got his he got his visor fucked up. Yeah, from which Ed is a really good shot yeah. of you seeing his eye through that visor. I mean, that's seeing that aspect of humanity in there you know seeing eyes is a very human thing when you connect with people's eyes and so i think that's what obviously verhoven knew you crack that visor and you see that like oh shit there's a human in there and in his mouth is still you know stoic like it always is but his eye was 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 big and scared mm-hmm, so it yeah. kind of gave that extra bit of a fear and kind of you know tell, tells you that ed 209 is an intimidating thing yeah now we get uh, so we see Clarence. Uh, he's out, and Dick gives him like this tracker. Basically, just says you got to go, you know, find and destroy RoboCop. A factoid that should be noted: the lady with the name tag, where he puts his gum on, that's his wife in real life. That's mm. the actor's huh. wife in real life. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's good. And when he gives her that like sly, like, and yeah. maybe after I'm done, and she's like, you know, whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's that's people who are actually married. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's very nice. Uh, so we are at uh, like the steel the steel mill, and that's where Lewis brought RoboCop, and she kind of brings him a couple things. Why is it? Why did they go back to the place where Murphy died? Why, of all the places that she took him, why uh, would she bring him back there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even think I even I realized that that 
that connection was there. Honestly, I didn't even think about it. I thought it was just some some random warehouse, but that and, was. And and you could thing. say it was, except they always start with the same establishing mm. shot. So you, they could have shot it from a different point of view, and you could say, okay, it's a different warehouse. But they clearly want you to know that he's going back to the yeah. place where he died, which I guess thematically, story-wise, you know, the hero's yada yada journey, like that all makes more sense, but it doesn't make sense to why Lewis would bring him there. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take you back to the most yeah. traumatic place I can. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, for some reason, I didn't click on that, but it makes... And you know what I did not click on? I, I, it's right around the same time, and it wasn't until we talked about his eyeballs. Mm-hmm. When he's when she's helping him fix his targeting, his helmet is off, and he's seen via targeting, so that means his eyeballs yeah. are yeah, cybernetic. Yeah. Yes, they are. I d- they are. Yeah, true. Yeah, they have to be. So what does the visor even do? It does, it, it, does it just protect the organic mass, maybe? I guess so, but then... Why would you? He doesn't need to breathe. Why not just have a full mask over his entire thing? Doesn't make any. Why keep any human part of him? Yeah. Why even have a human involved? Just make a robot. Well, because well they did, and Ed Who and Nine sucked, and it killed that guy, <laughs> and so you need part human. But okay. Yeah, I, I get that you need you need the humanity, I guess, to keep it all running. And I, I do think that they use like his nervous system in there and stuff. But yeah, why why keep any organic parts unless it's just to make it more relatable to people? Yeah, I guess so. But you would think someone would also shoot him in the mouth at some point. Yeah, <laughs> just all, shoot him in the mouth. There was a gunfire. There was only one part when yeah. the cops are fighting him. He looks like he's protecting his mouth. Oh, okay. That's the only. F- scene where it looks like he's actually doing that other than that he just stands there and takes it yeah and every other one yeah huh. and it makes you wonder if he even got shot in the mouth would he even feel it would it even do anything at the yeah. end of the day is it all just vanity like is it all just for yeah. show you know yeah but <laughs> and i know i'm jumping ahead but it's all in the same area did you notice that when lewis was asleep he decides to do target practice right yes. fucking next <laughs> to her sleeping body <laughs> yes and even if he actually hit the the the, the baby food it would have blown up and splattered yeah. on her so yeah, that was a complete dick move all around <laughs> yes like it was, it was passive aggressive was he like hey i really want you to wake up so you can help me with my eyes but i don't really know how to ask for it so i'm gonna fire my fucking gun <laughs> right next to your sleeping head and she shoots right up yeah i would have pissed myself yeah. <laughs> then i would have been pissed off at fucking murphy yeah, exactly. you asshole yeah <laughs> so uh right here though he here's where murphy or lewis brings him a uh, screwdriver and some baby food. Uh, he takes his helmet off, so we're gonna see his full face. You know, he takes that with that off, and he has like this this one like scar, like a bullet scar in his brain where uh, Clarence shot him. But other than that, though, his face looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than the fact that it's horrific, but yeah, yeah not too yeah, bad. Exactly. Not too bad. Like the whole back half is all robotic and creepy looking. I did thought they did a, a good job of seamlessly making it from where his face goes into the robotic part. Yes. And and making whatever mask they actually put around Peter Weller it looks pretty seamless. It is. It, it doesn't it doesn't look like that's his mask with like oh a robotic helmet put on the, the actor. Yes. It looks like no, that's very seamless from the robot for cops face to robotics. Yeah. And it makes it, it it feels very believable. It feels like they Peeled Peter Weller's yes, face off it does. and put it on a robot. It does. I do think that Peter Weller got the job too because he's so skinny. Yeah. They needed someone small that they could build up into the suit. Yeah. But when you see him as Robocop, he is so big and, and, yeah. and, and, and impressive looking that I forget 
every time I see him at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, damn, Peter Weller is like 105 pounds, like soaking yeah. wet. <laughs> right. He's a tiny dude. But apparently he's tall. He's like six feet. Oh, no shit. Yeah, okay. No. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That, that again probably makes sense. They needed him to be yeah, tall, too. For, you know, you don't want Robocop to be like Tom Cruise's height, like 5'5". Yeah. Five, five. <laughs> he's like walking around. Yeah, he's got to be on Apple boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On stilts. Oh. Uh, yeah. So anyway, at this at this point, we also get another little moment where we see some of the humanity. Uh, where RoboCop is just—he's kind of like depressed, and he's just basically like, "Leave me alone." He's not feeling very good, and and he is, you know, for a thing that you know he's super robotic, but he took that mask off, and we see so much of his face that you know he is—he is very human, and he is you know just sad right now. He's on—he's at his low point, pretty much. They address it in RoboCop Two when they're looking for more people to be RoboCops. There's yeah. this like montage where they go through different versions of, it's kind of like Ghostbusters 2. It's like RoboCop 2 is also the name of the project. You know, they're mm. looking for another RoboCop. And they do address the fact that how psychologically traumatic and everything Peter Weller or, or Alex Murphy, it was just a, a pure chance that his mind could even handle the fact that his body was now gone. And, mm-hmm. and that was honestly what they try to show in the second one is everyone just loses their mind because it's right. like, oh my God, my life is a nightmare. You know, like, but he was the only one. And I think it's because of his sense of duty and sense of honor is the only reason that he even was able to merge with the machine and even, mm-hmm. you know, be feasible. Everyone else literally just committed suicide, yeah. which is kind of dark. And, and it's an interesting path to go down. They didn't explore it too, too much. They explore it more in that Frank Miller comic book. He tries to get into the, you know, the mentality of someone who, who, you know, and then of course on the other side of the coin of someone who, who maybe would actually even want this and what kind of horrible person would want to lose their humanity to become a machine like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Cool concepts. Yeah. And now we get the greatest TV show of all time again. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> we see, we see the goons and Clarence and his gang are just kind of like out and about. Uh, and, Emil's watching TV, and we, we get that fucking guy again. He's just laughing his ass off. Uh, but Clarence brings over uh, these big-ass guns. He's got, like, these like 50 caliber. They're not really 50 caliber. Like, I mean, they, that's what they look. They just look like a Barrett 50 caliber yeah. gun, but somehow they have, like, these massive exploding rounds. That seemed a little weird. Yeah, they blow... Whatever they hit, they blow up. Yeah. And they like to blow up buildings and cars five feet away from their friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they are uh, not intelligent people. Kind of like how Robocop was shooting uh, at uh, close to Anne's head. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is actually what happens the next scene right after this one. It Um, it reminds me of the episode of The Simpsons where Homer is the NRA episode and he's using his gun to shoot and change the channel on his TV. (laughs) It's like, I feel like Verhoeven has the idea that we all just sit around, hey, what's that over there? Just shoot guns around at each other, (laughs) you know? Yes. (laughs) Like two Uh, feet away from each other. So Clarence Clarence and his gang, uh, they're going to take the big-ass guns and they have the tracker so they know exactly where he's at and they're going to go find him and go kill him. And uh, at the steel mill, yes, is the practice shot scene of, of targeting where he recalibrates his targeting system just because you know obviously his targeting system got messed up you know when a million bullets fucking shot him too <laughs> and, and that scene was nice because it kind of it, it gave him and lewis a bit more you know connection a little bit more connection to to murphy's yeah. humanity yes. although i don't know how much connection they have i mean they only worked together for 
you gotta assume maybe a day if there was no time lapse. Right. So yeah. if, if say if there was a time lapse, maybe like a few days before he yeah. got gunned down. But how much of a Didn't of a like connection much. would they have built? But then again, I mean, she did witness him die yeah. in a horrific way. Yeah. That was a pretty traumatic thing. Okay, so. and it's you got it. You're right. It, it's just as traumatic for Lewis. Yeah. Not, yeah. Maybe not just as traumatic, yeah. <laughs> but it yeah. is a traumatic event for Lewis. So she probably does feel connected to him. Yeah. Okay. Good point. That's why I like talking all this out with you guys. <laughs> I, I can really get to the, the meat of, yes. of, of how I feel about RoboCop. <laughs> uh, so Clarence and his boys go to the steel, steel mill. And what really bothers me, actually, in this scene is Clarence has the tracker with him. But they go to the steel mill, and he's not using the tracker anymore. They're just kind of like looking around with their guns, playing on shooting him. It is well established that the tracker knows where RoboCop is within, like, feet. Because Dick Jones opens the door exactly when he comes to his office. And so it's like, why not just fucking use it to know exactly where <laughs> RoboCop is, and then shoot him, and then that's that. Instead, like, they're just walking around the steel mill, wonder where RoboCop is, I'm gonna kill him. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> These guys are idiots. And they're calling him out. He, yeah. You go to a place where they're on the ground floor, he has yes. the high ground, and we all know from, you know, Anakin and... Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan that the high ground is important except that one time where Obi-Wan didn't have the high ground yet he was able to jump over Darth Maul and kill Darth Maul that doesn't make any goddamn sense he didn't have the high ground that's because he's that good yeah. <laughs> but they, they they go but I guess they're not well trained they're just goons right at the end of the yeah, day yeah but you are correct like they could have at least known oh my god Robocop he's five feet away from us yeah. they might not know that he's above them but yeah. he's you know five, yeah. he throws like a hubcap yeah. to get there you but know they I mean yeah just, they're just walking down the middle of the fucking like like road area, Robocop could have just instead of even talking to him, why didn't he just snipe him? Yeah. Or he, they, uh, Movie over right yeah. there. He could have <laughs> just took them all out <laughs> just right there. idiotic. But uh, anyway, so oh, he did. He did kill Leon though. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He did. Kill, he does kill. Uh, well, no, not Leon. Uh, uh, Leo. Leo. Emil. No, 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 he does no, kill him. No. He kills, he kills the, the Black uh, Joe, Panther Joe guy. Cox. Joe Cox. Yes. He does shoot him there right on the street. And that, and yes. Yeah, he dies yeah, he right does, there. He does shoot him there. But but, but like but that's after he like after talks he, to him. And, and like, he, he took fire himself, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so there's a whole gun battle that ensues. Um, and at one point, he ends up, Emil, like it drives a car into toxic waste uh-huh. uh it's just uh, this is a whole just battle-ish kind of scene but like that's a whole weird fucking scene the whole toxic waste thing comes out of nowhere where did that come from like what, what does do steel meals steal i'm having a problem saying steel mill <laughs> steel i keep saying steel meal uh whatever uh do they have do they create a lot of toxic waste i don't honestly <laughs> and and you're you've been a little bit younger i think john might know this a little bit better like the '80s, toxic waste was kind of a thing yeah. in the '80s. Yeah, I know. Yeah, kind of like Teenage like, Mutant Turtles. And, yeah, and, and Toxic Adventures. I was just saying, yes. it made me think of Toxic Adventures. Yeah. Absolutely, me too. I was curious if this was a little like I think it was more of a zeitgeisty type yeah. of thing. You know, um, that's what my takeaway was. Okay. But at the end of the day, it was such a fantastic death. It was hilarious. And, and <laughs> might might I remind you all, nine years old when I saw a man's finger, the skin fall off yeah. of his fingertips. <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah. and when he runs up to uh, Leon and Leon said, don't touch no, me, man. <laughs> yeah. I love that it, scene. It, the look of uh, fear in his eyes, in Leon's eyes, was probably the look of fear in my eyes yeah. when I witnessed that <laughs> at the age of nine. Yeah. It, the, the makeup was really 
good and creepy on yeah. on that on uh, Emil's toxic body, on his melting yeah. toxic body. Yes, yeah. it, it, that was really cool. Yeah. My only, I mean, story wise issue is it just feels like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and like, okay, all right, just this toxic waste just turns. Honestly, it would have given him cancer, and he would have died a slow death. But not in this movie. <laughs> he just melts. He melts. He turns into a creepy thing, and then he get he goes to find Clarence and gets run over by his by car, Clarence, and gets exploded. <laughs> uh, it's quite funny. I love he. Just explodes into this giant pillar of yeah. red goo. Yes, uh, and so now we're in like this. I don't know. Is this? This is like the. It's like a ravine type. Yeah, of thing. it is. Like, like a like quarry. A, I like guess. A, like a, yeah, quarry. Almost like a. Almost like a concrete quarry kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. We have Leon is way up high with one of the guns, and Clarence is down low, has one of the guns. He ends up like you know shooting. Uh, or... he, he he shoots Lewis. Lewis runs yeah, Clarence off the road. Yes. That's how they get there. Yes. And then Leon is up top, but he's on a crane, so he's operating the crane. Yeah. Well, yeah that's that. Well, which I do want to talk about. But okay. Uh, but Lewis gets. Oh, she Lu- gets. So shot she gets out of the shit. car. She, yeah, she, she gets, gets shot, gets shot, shot right there by, by Clarence. Yeah. And yeah. she slides down the, yes. the. So she gets shot to tell to by Clarence. And Clarence himself is in, you know, he's not doing well because he got he's hit, fucked, he up. fucked up from the car. Leon up at the top, as opposed to using his fucking sniper rifle, right. and he could have shot Robocop right fucking then. He's like, I'm going to go over to this crane that I know how to operate for some reason. <laughs> and, and he decides to slowly move a crane to drop steel on Robocop, as opposed to using his big fucking gun, and he could have blown him up. Again, what the fuck? That I didn't get, and yeah. every time I watch it, I think to myself, I would never know how to use that crane. No. He's he's moving like a lever, yeah. and the whole I'm like, oh, it's not a steering wheel. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but yeah, so he operates the crane and drops this whole big ass like these steel girders on RoboCop instead of just shooting him, which he could have easily done. Yeah, um, but he does that instead, and uh, Clarence takes a pipe and is starting to beat the crap out of RoboCop. He's halfway under one of the steel girders. He's pinned down. Yeah, he's exactly, but not. Not pin, pinned down enough uh, that RoboCop can't grab his jugular and rip it off. Well, <laughs> basically, you, you missed Lewis killed Leon with with basically Clarence Bonner's uh, gun. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to get blows to the, yeah, him sorry. up, and then but she uh, did you notice that he didn't rip out Clarence Bonner's throat? He uses the the, yeah. the slicer. Oh, oh the, is that what the that blade? Is? He pulled okay, the blade out I, I that is you know his computer yeah, interface and, jams it into and just him, jams it right into, into his jugular, neck, yeah. and then just that giant splat of blood just lands yeah. on RoboCop. Honestly, not seeing what happens to his neck, but just seeing that explosion of blood yeah. always kind of yeah. made me feel like oh that was satisfying. Yeah. Which uh, Lewis shooting where, uh, you know, the crane operating area, she does it like almost, I mean, she's from the ground, like kind of from the hip. She doesn't even take aim. She just kind of like lifts up the gun and shoots it from like from her hip. And I'm just like, okay, that's pretty good. (laughs) She would have missed easily, (laughs) but whatever. It's a movie. Uh, But yeah, so now Clarence is bleeding out from his neck. RoboCop is, you know, just pinned under some girders, but he'll be okay. And so they're done. Now RoboCop needs to go to Omni Consumer Products to uh, take care of Dick Jones. Now, real quick, I did like the the what he said to Lewis, because Lewis, at this mm. point, she's in muddy water, oh, and yeah. I, I counted, she had about, I think, four to five bullet oh, holes easily. in her. She, he, Clarence Bodiger shot her up, 
And he says to her, you know, they'll fix you. They fix everything or fix everyone. He's talking about OCP. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. Like, you're trying to pull it as these guys are the bad guys. But it's not really OCP that's the bad yeah. guys. It's, it's you know, Dick, yeah, Jones. Dick Jones. You know, but I like how he tells her. He's like, they'll fix you. They but it also makes it seem like she might become a, a Robocop. Cyber- yeah. yeah. Does that happen? That doesn't no, happen. No, okay. no, no. Yeah. She actually dies in number three. Okay. It was like one of those things like, who cares? You yeah. Know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, but, but that's. Pretty much now they and now we gotta finish off like the big bad. Uh, and he goes over to Omni Consumer Products and they're having like a board meeting or a big company meeting or whatever with all like the, the at the big end table and Ed two oh nine is down at the bottom and you know he's gonna you know, protecting the building, but Robocop uses the big fucking gun and just blows him up pretty easily. <laughs> uh, which is kinda fairly satisfying. But you know how did how did Ed Two and I get down there? I know, I know <laughs> yeah, he didn't. One of the great he mysteries. didn't walk. No, <laughs> he did, did not <laughs> walk. Sure. Uh, so that's the end of Ed Two Hundred Nine. You're right, though. It would it makes sense. It would have been nicer to have a better battle and a better you know f- you know. It felt a little rushed at yeah, the end. Yeah, you were you were expecting something a little bit more, and he just pulls out that gun and just goes pop pop. Yeah, you know, and that's that. Uh, so Robocop walks into the meeting and he shows everybody evidence of Dick being a dick. Um, basically that he murdered Bob Morton or conspired to murder Bob Morton. And um, Dick now in his, you know, frenzy, he's, uh, he's all worried. And so he takes the old man hostage, uh, the boss of the company. And actually, I really, I really enjoy this part of the scene where the old man realizes uh, or not realizes because Dick talks about Directive Four that he can't hide, he can't shoot, uh, or he can't arrest any senior level people from OCP. Where as he's being taken hostage, the old man says, "Dick, you're fired!" and pushes away from him. Robocop says, "Thank you." That's all he needed to end his Directive Four, and he shoots the fuck out of Dick <laughs> Jones, which is very satisfying. That he, his death. What's not satisfying is the fall. That whatever, like that puppet or whatever it was, it wasn't. It was a marionette. It was a a puppet of him falling. But the arms, I don't know why they were too long, (laughs) or if that was just the way they shot it, and it's a weird trick. I gotta imagine that the arms weren't that long for real. That that it was just like a weird something they didn't account for. I don't know, but it looks terrible every time. Yeah, it's it's one of the worst falling from a building shots I've ever seen. Like easily, yeah. it's ugh. I feel like that was addressed on some documentary that I saw, but I can't remember if it was YouTube or whatever. But it's it's bad. It's no um the the best falling death is still Die Hard. Oh yeah, yeah, Hans Gruber. Yeah, yeah, because that's like real shit though. That's real. They use <laughs> that was real a real people. actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know they actually dropped Hans. They actually dropped Alan Rickman, and then they had a stunt person actually falling, and yeah. you see him falling and into. A, you don't see him splat because he falls into like a big cushion, but. Anyway, yeah, that's easily the best fall. More cushion uh, for the pushing. Yeah, <laughs> that's if yeah. This is this is the right table for that. <laughs> Three large men talking about Robocop, <laughs> uh, and then the movie ends. The old man says a funny line, or says a nice line of uh, "Nice shooting, son." What's your name? And Robocop responds, "Murphy." Oh, and did you guys notice that Bob Morton's right-hand man, uh, he, he stands up yeah. and smiles and gives that thumbs up. <laughs> it was the cheesiest, weirdest thumbs up I've ever seen in my entire life in a movie. It was. It made no sense. Yeah. yeah. That guy gets more of a role in the second movie. He kind of oh, okay. becomes, huh. you know, but he never never really like shines or anything. Yeah. And the second movie doesn't have as good of a villain as, as Boddicker or or Dick Jones. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's go through our... Final thoughts here. Uh, John, how about you start us off? Um, I actually have to say, 
I think I enjoyed it more this time than I probably did watching it when I was a kid. I, I remember watching it once, maybe twice when I was a kid. I think it was okay and not really having a huge love for it. But having gone back, I actually enjoyed it a lot more this time. Maybe as an adult, mm-hmm. you know, with the adult eyes and a lot more movie-watching experience. And it didn't hurt that my wife loves this movie. Mm. So, Oh, that's awesome. I would love know. a wife that loves movies. <laughs> she hates everything. Everything. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, it just made it an enjoyable experience. Uh, yeah, I agree. I thought, honestly, the movie was pretty fucking cheesy. Uh, that's part of the appeal, even. I think we all knew this movie was going to be cheesy rewatching it. The look of Robocop holds up. Peter Weller's performance holds up. There's definitely entertainment value if you like cheesy action movies, which I do. So, I enjoyed it. But if you're a typical viewer and, like, you haven't really watched this movie like in a long time and you don't really hold it in nostalgic value, I probably doubt you're going to like it. And especially if you're not a big fan of like cheesy 80s action movies, then you're probably not going to enjoy it. You know, if you liked it a little bit when you were younger or if you like that kind of style, I think it's pretty damn good cheese. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's worth the time. And I can see why they made some sequels because they could have included more badassery, you know, even more. And they really could have gone somewhere special, which it didn't sound like the sequels went special. I think it's one of those movies where you really think on paper that it should only get better as sequels come along because you have better technology, but nothing, even the remake doesn't hold up to the first one. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying just to like the visceralness, just, you know, to everything about it. But I loved it. I think it's, I, I always love this movie. It'll always have a special place in my heart, but taking a step back and actually, you know, watching it, paying attention to it this time, I think it holds up really well in current audiences. I think anyone could sort of go and watch it. I think it has enough modern concepts in it that makes it kind of interesting. And an interesting little, you know, timestamp of of the era, you know. Mm -hmm. I will say that this was probably, since the movie theater, this was probably the biggest TV screen and the highest resolution I've ever seen this movie mm-hmm. on. The, the one I have. And I just, I have a normal TV, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's nothing special. I'm not doing like a humble brag here or anything, <laughs> but uh, it is 4K. No, uh, oh. <laughs> but I could, for the very first time, see all the rubbery parts uh, on, on RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that the, the, the parts that are the, the more brushed metallic still look good. It looks like mm-hmm. metal. But all the black parts you could tell was like rubber and Mm -hmm. styrofoam and everything and it it sort of took me out of it i was a little bit shocked but then at the same time i'm also like but it still looks good overall the design itself if robocop's initial design like like the way he looks isn't didn't look that cool it would have sucked you know and it's it says a lot that in the remake they they couldn't even pull out a a design that looked better Mm -hmm. it's the original still looks the better it didn't change over the course of two movies you know neither did really ed 209's design Mm -hmm. it just they knocked it out of the park on that one right away and it's violent as hell yeah yeah if you like verhoven and have not seen robocop i mean this is this is his seminal film i i gotta say all right well that is our review of robocop i'd buy that for a dollar Now we're going to discuss the RoboCop cartoon that no one asked for and no one remembers that ran from October 1st of 1988 to December 17th of 1988. It only had 12 episodes uh, in that one season. I think it was by for was on Fox Kids or it was either somewhat in in 
tie in with them a little bit from what I saw. Maybe, maybe not. It was a cartoon, so it was a kid's cartoon that uh, was based off of the live-action movie, and you could definitely tell. Um, don't confuse this with the live-action RoboCop show that was on Canadian TV in 1994. Honestly, like IMDb has very little about this cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wikipedia has some stuff. That's where I got most of my info as opposed to just watching it. It really follows the storyline of the movie. It's pretty much just a cartoon version of it, but for kids. It had a lot of like kid elements that do not work. Like we're not going to I'm not going to talk very much about this fucking cartoon. It was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. And uh, you know, you got to figure if I was nine when the movie came out, 88, I was I was 10. I still have no interest in this cartoon. Like, and when I was a kid, I saw it and I was like, but that movie was a hard R. Like, it had blood and <laughs> yeah. death. How is this translating? And even in the beginning, when you watch the, the beginning, the, the opening credits, they show him getting gunned down by Clarence Bodiger. They they have, for that one second, mm-hmm. they actually animate Clarence yeah. Bodiger. I think Joe, uh, Joe Cox and then yeah. somebody else, probably Leon. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of neat that you actually get to see them in cartoon form and it kind of brings, brings the movie in. But then everything that happens after that, meaning after the first 30 seconds of that cartoon, is just downhill garbage. They tried to have some lessons in there. There's very some kid stuff, but like in general, like the the animation looked awful, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And really, I could only find this on YouTube is where I saw it. Yeah, that's where I watched it. Yeah, the animation, even though this was produced by Marvel Productions, and uh, specifically, the animation company was called Acom Productions, and they've done animation for things like a bunch of Simpsons episodes, like over 200 Simpsons episodes. Uh, They were also involved with X-Men, maybe maybe those later X-Men shows, uh, Mm -hmm. series when it was kind of crappy, but also The Tick, Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, Tiny Toon Adventures, Batman the animated series and a whole bunch tons of stuff it was obvious they didn't give their a team to <laughs> robocop because robocop it looked janky it looked awful it, it even for even for an 80s cartoon it looked bad yeah and the storylines were just the ones i saw one he lands he crash lands in the woods yep yep uh, I saw that one. and they and they build yeah, on on, on youtube as I, the first episode but it's not no. actually the first episode no and then i watched some, one where this guy escapes from jail and uses robocop as like his proxy to like rob banks and stuff mm-hmm. and they were just both of them the characters were terrible the the dialogue was terrible when they were cra- you guys saw it, when they were crashing into the the trees or whatever that one guy kicks the lady out and says like be a man yeah and jump and i'm like <laughs> my god this is you can never get away with that now it's so misogynistic yes and they tried to tap into some tropes and stuff some some movie tropes but nothing worked everything they did didn't work no there's not a single aspect of that show that worked is which is really disappointing because you know it being from marvel productions uh, Stan Lee was credited as like the lead story editor, and I, this is not something that I would want his name on. <laughs> I would not want to be attached to no. that whatsoever. No, and I think the only thing good that maybe came out of it was the RoboCop toys came from the show. Mm. And if if you guys remember, you could actually put those paper caps into the back of RoboCop. He had this this oh. like this little metal piece that you could unhinge from his the back of the actual toy and you slide those paper caps the ones that come on a roll for for guns yeah, yeah, yeah. and exactly. so all it really was was all you do is pull back and it, it, it pops it pull back pop gun, yeah and <laughs> and so like you could take his helmet off and i had the toy for this because i loved it you could take his helmet off but you could stick his gun to his leg like there was a little spoke uh-huh. but you couldn't like open his leg up or anything yeah. and as far as as 
having a toy based on RoboCop, that was actually a really good one. I always wanted one based on a Terminator, and they made them back in the 90s, but I thought yeah. they, they looked shitty. Oh, I, I had one, and yeah. it was pretty shitty. It, like... It, the proportions are all weird. Yeah, well, I had not really. It was like it was just the the skeleton yeah. of the T eight hundred eight hundred, and like it didn't really bend it. Like the the legs were fully straight, yeah. and it, it was it was not a very good toy. But, but the Robocop toy actually yeah. wasn't terrible. Did it have the spike that came out the middle? I thought I remember that. No, I don't, no. I did, it did not. <laughs> no. And maybe nowadays it would, you know. But yeah. no, the best you could do was you could take off his helmet. So his helmet did okay. come off, and you could you saw oh, okay. they sculpted the back of his head and everything yeah. in his weird potato yeah. head. So the voices in this show, the, some of the main voices, quote-unquote, Dan Hennessy did the voice of Robocop, which actually sounded pretty close to Peter Weller from the movie, I thought. I was following my prime directive. Serve the public trust. Uphold the law. Protect the innocent. Dan Hennessy, most famously, is Chief Quimby from Inspector Gadget, Ah. if you know Mm. that. Glad to see you made it, Gadget. Here's your assignment. He's also done plenty of other stuff, but that's kind of what I remember him most from. Uh, Anne Lewis is voiced by Susan Roman. Why can't you stop messing with his head, Dr. Tyler? He's a cop! Not a guinea pig. Who I remember her best as Sailor Jupiter on the Sailor Moon show. In the name of Jupiter, I call upon the forces of love and nature to banish this mophead. Uh, but that's about it. She's done. She's done plenty of other stuff, but that's like the biggest thing that I know her from. I, I recognized her voice. I was like, oh, that's a she's she's a cartoon yeah. voice. Yeah. And they did make her look like super eighties with yes. her with her red <laughs> hair. Yeah, very she red almost hair. felt a little bit like. Um, uh, what's her name from Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters? Janine. She yeah, almost looked yeah, a little Janine. bit like Janine with the red hair. Yeah. And then uh, Dr. McNamara, who was kind of like one of the main villains in this show. He's embarrassed me once too often, and now he's going to pay. He was voiced by Robert Boxdale, who has done a bunch of different stuff, but I remember him most as uh, Sauron in uh, the X-Men cartoon. Oh, like right. the big, the big uh, like pterodactyly kind of yep. looking guy from the Savage Land episodes. Sauron mm. and Sauron alone will rule the Savage Land. Yeah, in general, the show, the show does not hold up. Obviously, it only lasted 12 episodes, so no wonder it didn't show up. But it was, uh, it was, I watched two episodes, and that was two episodes too many. The- <laughs> Dude, halfway through the first episode, yeah. I was like, I started like checking my phone. Yes. I was like, I can't. This is bad. Yeah, the storylines were terrible. Everything was terrible. The animation was terrible. The theme song was not, they could have at least made like a badass theme song, oh, and they yeah. didn't. It was just blah. Yeah. Detroit, the near future. Officer Alex J. Murphy and his partner, Ann Lewis, fight to rid the decaying city of the criminal element which infests it. After being mortally wounded in the line of duty, Officer Murphy is outfitted by OCP with bulletproof titanium robotic parts and with computer-enhanced motor and sensory capabilities. He has become the ultimate super cop. Robocop. That's truly the thing. The only thing I can t- take away from this is the 10-year-old me didn't like it. The, the 42, 41-year-old <laughs> me is not going to like no. it either. You know, no. it's it's bad. It's yeah. really bad. So funny story. It was probably, I don't know, Thursday night. After my kids had their you know shower before they go to bed, they had, we had them shower a little bit early. And I said, all right, 
we're going to watch RoboCop the cartoon. And my son was like, all right, great. So we sat down. We watched one episode. It was funny because my wife came in. And she goes, what are you doing? And my son goes, we're watching RoboCop. And she's like, you're what? And I'm like, the cartoon, not the movie. She goes, oh, okay. So we got to the end of it, which he made me pause because he saw Stan Lee's name in the credits. He's like, wait, wait, wait. You got to go back. Did that say Stan Lee? I'm like, yes, it said Stan Lee. And so I thought, okay, we watched episode one episode. And both of them were like, can we watch another one? I'm like, really? <laughs> Seriously? So we watched, I watched the same second one as you with uh, the uh, the Scrambler yeah, or whatever his name is. Yeah, I watched, yeah. Different, I watched my second one was a different one. Yeah. Ours was terrible. Uh, yeah. Mine was a whole news thing. It was all about like the media. It was not good. So, but your kids liked it. Okay. I, which I was shocked. <laughs> I hope and you don't have did, to watch more. Yeah, they have their own uh, iPads. If they, yeah. if my son wants to watch, find it on YouTube, he can find it yeah. himself. But yeah. then, wait, how old is he? He's nine. Well, I mean, he yeah. might be ready for RoboCop. Real <laughs> RoboCop. Someone else apparently watched it when he was. Nine. If you want him to turn out like me, yeah. he might he, be ready. No, John, don't do it. No. <laughs> He'll never be able to, how to know how to spell urban. <laughs> Dude, you brought it back. Good job. Just like RoboCop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the show obviously was terrible. Very similar to GI Joe. They didn't use bullets. They all had lasers because yeah. it's a cartoon. It's an eighties cartoon. You know, you do found to use bullets, but you could laser somebody. Okay, that is true and i literally because i read the wikipedia article yeah. in between watching the two episodes but in the scrambler episode they actually fire bullets at robocop uh during the bank robbery scene so i was oh, like oh. i was like huh so you guys couldn't even like stick to that correctly like That's literally right. everything you do you fail at everywhere across the board <laughs> oh there and one other weird thing that i thought uh one of the episodes that i watched at one point robocop like had to catch and Lewis, her officer Lewis, and he goes, are you all right? And she says, I am now. Like, there was this whole weird thing between them. Right. What the fuck was that? Yeah, they He's wanted a robot. To, yeah, they wanted to, like, build up, like, this heroicness of, of RoboCop, yeah. and then maybe a little love interest of yeah, Lewis. Yeah, but that's weird. It's weird. It's not, it's not good. No, it's not good. It's not and a good look. I'm done talking about it. I don't want to fucking talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, have, I have much, I have a really good casting here. I'd, yeah. I'd much rather talk about that, because... I don't ever want to think about the RoboCop cartoon no. ever again. No, it's it's fucking awful. So uh, it's dead to me. It's dead to John. It's dead to Corey. It should be dead to everybody. Yes. It's it's as dead as Alex Murphy's penis. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll never get resurrected. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> This episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast is not brought to you by the Boys and Girls Club. What's bugging you, Murphy? Drugs. Drugs bug me. Hi. That was Nancy Allen on me. I'm Peter Weller, the guy behind that mask. If you're a kid, please listen for a second. How do you keep away from drugs? They're everywhere, sometimes even at home. But there is one place you can go that is 100% drug-free. No pot, no pills, no crack, no smack, no coke, no exceptions. A boys and girls club that beats the streets. No kidding. All right, and now we're going to do our RoboCop casting. And for reasons unbeknownst to me, especially because I'm the one who picked this, <laughs> I chose a bunch of people. Fucking so, hey, John. <laughs> I think I just went down the cast list and I was like, right, 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 yeah. right. And after a while, I was like, oh, we got 10 people. Yeah. And there's three of us. Quite a bit of them are not big enough characters no, to, they're need, not. to warrant being recasted. I don't know. I think if they had a first name and a last name in the movie, I was like, oh, they must have been important. So I picked them. Because <laughs> I picked out the casting before I rewatched the movie. Oh, then maybe, yeah. That must so, be it. 
Uh, so we got a long list here. Uh, we're going to be doing RoboCop and Lewis, The Old Man, Dick Jones, Clarence Boddicker, Bob Morton, Joe Cox, Emil, Leon Nash, and for fun, Sergeant Reed. Yeah, which we actually didn't talk about him at all in our breakdown. <laughs> no, we didn't. But he's he, actually in it a lot. He is quite. A, he's in it quite. A, probably a little bit more than uh, than any of the the goons, the Joe Cox, Emil, Leon, who we actually talked. We talked quite a bit more about them. Or even he's probably in it more than Bob Morton is. I, I think Sergeant Reed is probably yeah. gets more screen so, time than, than Miguel yeah. Ferrer. So I mean, there's there is good enough screen time. Uh, the old man probably has the least uh, screen time in this group, but. You know what? Whatever. We got 10 people to cast. Let's do it. Uh, uh, they're making a new one. I know they're going to pick our cast. Yes. Someone. <laughs> All right. So we'll start backwards. We'll start with Sergeant Reed, and I'll go ahead and jump in with mine. You know, you need uh, a tough sergeant. There's any number of people you can went with. I didn't want to go with somebody who was too big name for this one, but I went with someone who I thought was a good character actor and could probably do this well. Uh, I went with the actor Delroy Lindo. I like him. Hold on. I'm shocked you know who he is by name. Yeah, he's um he he's was in uh, um, oh the, yeah that yeah. guy he's he's one of those that guy faces yes, <laughs> yes uh yeah I, I remember him most from the core which the core, is the oh, horrible, the core oh, yeah that horrible movie yeah but he's been in so many he's been he in a was lot of in stuff. a life less ordinary he played an angel uh, oh, okay. with him and Helen Hunt uh, okay that was a Danny Boyle movie oh, okay yeah I'm trying to think what I remember him most from but other than he's just got one of those faces. I mean, he was maybe most well known in Get Shorty or Ransom, which actually I did remember. I do remember the movie Ransom, but yeah, you see his face and you're just like, oh yeah, that dude. Yeah, no, he he looks like he would do it damn justice. Yeah, he'd be a good Sergeant Reed. Yeah. All right. Uh, why don't we go to you, Corey? Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, we had to, I had to do it, Sergeant Reed. I was like. I picked his cast before I watched the movie. And then I realized that he's in it a lot more than I thought he was going to be. And if this was the eighties, I would have picked Al Matthews, mm-hmm. Sergeant Apone from yeah. aliens, but, uh, uh, rest in peace. But he was, you know, even in the eighties, he, he was still pretty he old. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. He, no, he didn't get the role in the eighties. So <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's <laughs> true. No. I think he might've been filming aliens. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna cut right to the chase. I cast Peter Weller. As Sergeant oh, Reed. Okay. I think if, if they're gonna shoot it now, just put Peter Weller in there, and that'd be that'd be a fun little thing to do with it. I like that throwback. That right. would be a fun thing to do with it. I, I like that call as well. That would be fun. All right, Adam. Uh, so I went with an actor who plays kind of plays uh, sergeants and like leads in other shows. Um, one of them's a comedy. One of them was definitely a drama. Uh, he was in Homicide: Life on the Streets. Really good actor. And then now he kind of took it over a comedy route, but he's still a hard ass. And he was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, and that's Andre Brower. Uh, Have you seen the newest? I had season? no idea. No, I don't watch that show. Okay, so, so I hate Andrew. Andrew or Andy Samberg can go fall off a cliff. I think he's not funny. <laughs> so I am wearing the pineapple slut shirt. I thought, that it, was, I thought they, it was a Boba Fett thing. No, no it's, it's, a, it's a pineapple <laughs> slut. <laughs> that tea? That tea looks I like know, a Boba Fett. I know. Cup. And, and and in what it is, it's oh, yeah. from the season premiere of this of the, of this season of Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's what the oh. Andre Bauer is wearing this shirt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I too thought it was like a pineapple Boba Fett. Yeah, no, it's like a pineapple with say, a thong. Why and it's does it a, say slut? Because the pineapple's a slut. Because it's, sl- it's wearing a thong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, he's a really Brooklyn Nine Nine fans will get it. Uh, yeah, good for them if there's any of them out there. I'm wearing they the pineapple slut they, shirt. They canceled, is what the I'm they canceled the show though, didn't they? <laughs> no, NBC picked it up. That's oh, so the newest season's on okay. NBC. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See, uh, it's my fa- it's my favorite comedy right now. Okay. I just don't like Andy Samberg, but I like Andre Brower, and I think he would do a fucking good job. And he's the probably the best part of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to Leon Nash, was the one who tried yeah. to kick Robocop in the nards. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, played by Ray Wise, the mobster-y kind of looking guy. Yep. 
Well, uh, Corey, why don't you jump in with this one? Okay. Um, you know, it was kind of a throw throwaway role. I think some of these yeah. are, but I, I tried to fill them with actors that I thought were fun. Um, one actor in particular, I loved him in the movie The Guest, and he's fantastic on, the uh, was it Legion on FX? Mm. Um, I picked Dan Stevens. To oh, be well. to be Leon, just because I want to. Kind of I, I feel like a biggish name for. Uh, he's not maybe he's not a huge name, but. Well, just, since we're sort of starting in reverse, my cast is kind of like a, a big budget sort of oh, actiony. Okay. Um, but I think he's not terribly big, and at the end of the day, I just want to see more of him. So yeah. I think he would be fun to just to put in and you know get killed. You know. Very cool. Uh, I'll go next. I uh, I, I went with uh, someone who I think would be a really good. Henchman, because he kind of plays side kind of characters in other shows, and particularly, I think he does a really good job in uh, the show Sons of Anarchy as the character Tig, uh, who is a really cool character if you ever watch that show. His name is Kim Coates. Uh, he's really fucking good uh, as Tig in Sons of Anarchy. I think he'd be a fun, a fun. I mean, you could, as, as you put it, kind of a throwaway character where he could anybody. You could have anybody play this part right. of Leon Nash. So I, yeah. I don't know Sons of Anarchy. Has he done anything else? I mean, he's done some small stuff. That's his I've, biggest. That's right, definitely okay. his biggest okay. work. I think I actually remember if I'm if he's if he's who I think he is. I think I remember him most from Black Hawk Down. So uh, there's there's I just everybody watched that. was in Everyone's Black Hawk in Down movie. I know, I, but I say I love that movie, so I know yeah. that went in and out. So the guy, yeah, he was in Black Hawk Down. Okay, he's the guy that was in Black Hawk Down that was in Three O'Clock High, or what was that movie? Three O'Clock High, where I the bully has to, to beat him up. But he was it. one of the snipers that actually gets pulled out in uh, in Black Hawk Down. I was at a bar in Santa Monica. That guy is like noon. We were watching football on a Sunday, and that guy was so drunk. I started talking to him. I got a picture on on Facebook with him. We started talking to him. We started hanging out. He became my best friend for like twenty minutes. <laughs> then he started throwing coasters at the bartender, and I was like, "Uh oh, we're gonna get kicked out." He got kicked out, and I was like, "I don't know this guy." But it was it's the one from Black Hawk Down. He's he's the sniper that gets like shot a few times, and he actually gets out. The sniper that oh, actually God. gets picked up, but he oh, got okay. shot like a couple times, and and I okay. forgot his name but he was the bully in three o'clock high that movie okay i'll have to look yeah but Uh, i'm sorry i did just watch that black hawk dance fantastic film so i went way bigger for my leon nash than i should have (laughs) way (laughs) the rock Uh, (laughs) no i mean just just as an actor who would never play a part like this but uh, i wanted someone who was really good at has that sort of mobster look but can be sleazy and I thought this guy looked really sleazy in The Shape of Water, and I went with Michael Shannon. Oh, my. Oh, I mean, he's definitely good. a big, definitely a big name for just a side <laughs> henchman. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that, that's like a that's like almost like a Clarence Bodiger uh, casting yeah, right there. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. he is. That is. I, I, and now I, that now I'm mad that I didn't cast him as Clarence Bodiger. Yeah, that is a good God. call for Clarence Bodiger, actually. <laughs> Um, I love Michael Shannon. That's I mean, no matter what, yeah. if Michael Shannon's in it, I love it. That's great. Even Man of Steel. Was he in Man? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked him. The movie's I like a piece him. of shit. It is. It is a piece of shit. But I okay. like him. I like Michael Shannon. All right. <laughs> doesn't mean I like Zod. Doesn't mean I like the story. But I like Michael Shannon. Okay, fine. All right. All right. So let's move on to Joe Cox. Adam, why don't you? Joe Cox was kind of like our militant guy. He was just another one of the henchmen. He's kind of a throw, another throwaway character. I thought he was more of the wisecracker than anything. Well, he, he was, was a wisecracker. He was always. No, he had the militant so. look at okay. least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, no, he was definitely wise. He was a lot of fun, actually. I really like that that uh, that dick joke that you know when, when he got when he pushed Lewis off right. the, that that building. Uh, but yeah, um, I went with a, a guy who's actually I like him quite a bit in the show Ballers. 
if you've ever seen that on HBO. But he's actually right now much probably more famous for his role in Black Klansman. Uh, his name is John David Washington. Really good actor. I actually quite like him. I was kind of feeling more of like his uh, role from Ballers, where he mm-hmm. plays one of the uh, he's a wide receiver, and he's just kind of like he's a lot of fun. And I think he would have been a, he'd just kind of be a, a good side character. And I think he would he would play that just fine in this role. Okay, uh, I'll go ahead and jump in with this one. The character of Joe Cox seemed to me. Wait, wait, wait I just realized. Do you think that they named him Joe Cox for a reason because they knew that dick joke was coming? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I thought the character is very sort of like, almost silly, like in the way he acts a little bit. He's sort of wisecracking. Yeah. The actor I chose, he kind of plays this character in the Marvel movies, but I've heard interviews with him, and he's much more like him in real life. So I think it would be an, uh, an easy transfer, mm. and I actually went with Anthony Mackie. Oh, nice. as oh yeah, 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 yeah. I actually I met him at a right, while I was watching Georgia football at a place. He's actually went, he's an Auburn fan, oh, okay. uh, and so we were kind of like all John my group against him. But it was also at the same time like, oh my god, we're talking to an adventure. <laughs> so, that, that's yeah. really. But cool. he was he was a really nice guy though from from what I saw. But yeah, he would he would play that really well. That's a good cast. All right, cool. Yep. And Corey, um, yeah. So I actually I honed in more on the military aspect. I didn't care for the humor, which I guess it probably needs to be there. But my envi- I envisioned more of a hardcore movie, like more just just grizzled. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I went with the the military side of things, and I went with John Barenthal as the Punisher. You know, I just okay. was like you know what, let me okay. Because I what I what I was really channeling, what I really wanted was um shoot what's his name from Mad Men um the main guy John, John Hamm? Hamm yeah so but I loved John Hamm in Baby Driver I liked mm. I liked his character in Baby Driver he was a lot he was just mean looking so I don't know I was like but John Hamm's a little bit out of the range for this character so I was like yeah. you know what John Barenthal that's 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 a fun yeah. pick yeah he's he's not big enough to like star in a movie yeah like and that I would yet, just have him he would be just play yeah. it straight, like you know, no like joking yeah. aspect of I, it or whatever. I do love him as the Punisher. I think he his casting as the Punisher is he's the best Punisher. Like, yeah, him basically him and like Vincent D'Onofrio's casting are like two of the best that these Netflix series have had for like specific casting for those characters. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right, so now let's go on to Emil. Emil, the Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger. Um, <laughs> I'll jump in with this one. I wasn't too confident in, in it. I'll be honest with you. Um, I just thought he kind of looked like he could fit this sort of style character. Hmm. He's really funny in one of my new favorite shows, The Orville. I went with Scott Grimes as Emil. <laughs> I, oh, I was so close to picking <laughs> Scott Grimes. I didn't pick him, but okay. I was like, man, he even kind of looks like the guy. He kind of does, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, I don't watch the Orville. Is, is he like the blonde guy on he's there? Like or, a or am I thinking Discovery? Like oh, I'm thinking of Discovery. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. So yeah, this is, this is the, the Seth MacFarlane yeah, yeah. kind of joke uh, parody-esque. Oh, oh, wait. Is that the kid from Critters grown up? Yes. Yep, that's yeah. him. That's oh, him. my God. Yes, that is the perfect casting. <laughs> you, you, John wins. John wins the entire <laughs> casting. The kid from Critters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I absolutely was looking through stuff, and I was like, man, you kind of look like... <laughs> Uh, Emil, okay, cool. I, I almost cast him so, but yeah, I ended up wanting to go with a slightly, this is probably my biggest name of the goons. I actually, I kind of maybe leaned towards that, but I was actually watching the Orville just the other night and I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't think his, his character on the Orville isn't making me feel like he <laughs> is Emil. And so that's why I didn't end up going with it. Uh, I ended up going with a guy who I think could play like that. I don't know. Emil's kind of different, kind of cocky, but kind of fun. Uh-huh. 
Uh, I went with uh, Scott Kahn from uh, Hawaii Five O. Oh, I like okay. Scott. I think he'd be kind of fun too. But yeah, I, I, John, you don't know how close I was to, okay. to going with that with Grimes. All right, cool. No, that 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 both of those are good. Yeah. I love Scott Kahn. He's mm-hmm. he's always fun, and you know, to watch him melt yeah. with his giant forehead, yeah. Yeah. that'll be a lot of melting. <laughs> he's always kind of he's kind of like a good looking guy, but yes, he's yeah. good for it. And I think, and he's always had some funny movies. He's pretty funny and shit. Yeah, and Emil's kind of a funny character to me, so yeah. that's why I uh, I liked him. I went with a little switcheroo. And that okay. this won't be my first. Again, with these goons, I, it's weird, but I really went with, I thought in my head, of John Hamm and Baby Driver. Like someone who normally plays like sort of a good guy or whatever, uh-huh. plays something completely different. And I wanted this role to be a bit beefier, a bit meatier, a bit more fun, you know? And I wanted someone to do some fun with it. And I did want a female, like, goon in there. So I cast Mm -hmm. it, I cast Zendaya as Emil. And yes, that means she will melt in my movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just like, you know what? That's kind of a cool little spin, you know? And give her, make her real badass. Like, make her really fucking mean. And, you know, I was almost going to do the the girl from the first Kingsman movie um, and then she played the mummy in the mummy remake oh yeah I like her uh, a lot but uh, she's yeah. been doing so many she um, always plays like a bad girl yeah we we use her we multiple times a couple times yeah. Yeah, yeah she's I love her but I feel like I wanted someone who was known for a good a, like playing good roles and, yeah you know and homecoming and everything I think uh, uh, Sophia Boutana yes is her yeah. name. I think I would have preferred Sophia Baton. Only my only issue with Zendaya is she seems a little too young. Yeah, yeah. To be in that game. And 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 I'm I think you know the actor would have to be able to pull it off, but I think Sophia is the better choice, mm. and that's what my gut went with. But I was trying to make a movie that was kind of like current, and it would yeah. get people yeah. like excited. You, you want to get the kids? Yeah, yeah. Get the Zendaya <laughs> kids. But yeah, yeah, no, I I think the Sophia one would have been yeah. better. She's yeah. probably would have been a better choice. I'm gonna put in a Jonas brother in my movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> are they still are they still hip? I don't know. If that's whatever. Are they still a thing? Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess we should uh, round out the gang with uh, Clarence. Boddicker then? Okay. Corey, why don't you start this one? I, I don't know where to, to sort of how to announce him because I've only ever seen him in one movie, um, in Black Panther, but he plays Mbako. Oh, uh, he's so good in that movie. Oh, yeah. I could not take my eyes off of Winston Duke the entire time he was on the screen. Yeah. And if anything... I want to just see more of him. But then I started thinking, okay, I really liked Clarence Bodiger as a character. I like him as a villain. But is there something to be said about an actor that maybe could actually physically fight RoboCop? You know, like you could actually put Mm -hmm. Winston Duke in a scenario where he might actually be able to fight RoboCop one-on-one for at least maybe like a second or two, you know, Uh and and you could find it to be believable. But at the end of the day, there's so many awesome badass characters that I think if you went with... Like the the normal looking crazy guy, which is what Clarence Bodiker is. It's like it's too much on the nose. Like it's already been done. So I wanted mm. to do the reverse, which is okay. a, a, a big looking, and then play him down. Like don't have him as crazy as Clarence Bodiker. Yeah. Although Clarence Bodiker, the way he he played that role, the actor, I always forget his name. Um, he didn't. Have, he did not play it like crazy, crazy over the top. He played it no. just scary. But yeah, he, he played it crazy enough to be believable. Crazy enough to be believable. Mm-hmm. And I think at this day and age, and I think it's because of roles like Clarence Bodiger, I think people tend to play it a little bit more crazy than yeah. it should be. And I would want to tone that down. But man, Winston Duke's such yeah. an impressive like figure. Yeah, he steals every scene that he's in in uh, Black Panther. I feel so. Yeah, that's a good call. Cool. Why don't you go next? I went pretty much right on the nose with mine. Like I kept, I kept the pretty much the look and the style of like crazy but believable crazy. Yeah. Uh, I went with an actor who I think plays that very very well. 
maybe even looks a little bit like the, like the actor, in my opinion. Um, so I kind of just went one for one on this one. I went with Walton Goggins, really okay. good actor. Yeah. I think he he's strong enough to be a really good crazy yeah. guy, and yeah. he would be a really good uh, Clarence Bodiger. So he's he's been in Justified. He was a bad guy in Tomb Raider. He's been in a shit ton of stuff. Walton Goggins, great actor. I so. feel like Walton Goggins has been playing Clarence Bodiger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. It's like, oh, yeah, you, you, I've already seen you do exactly this kind of role. So, And I, I love me some Walton Goggins. Yeah. Vice Principals uh-huh. is fantastic. <laughs> I loved his character in Predators, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Dude, everything Walton Goggins is in. I would watch that Clarence Bodiger, yeah. and I have to admit, I think that one's a, a better choice. Oh, I, cool. I mean, I can't. You'll never go wrong with Walton right. Goggins. Well, so, see if you can beat it, John. Well, probably not. I. <laughs> My Clarence probably was... I went with someone who probably plays a little bit more menacing. And honestly, I almost cast this guy as Dick Jones. Mm-hmm. And But I liked the guy who I picked for Dick Jones, so I just ended up putting him here. My actually initial thought was Sam Jackson. Oh, because he, because like he was, it was that kind of crazy. But Sam Jackson's like seventy now. And yeah, I was like, uh, I, I was fine right up until he I was. Still, he could still do it though. I feel, well, yeah. all the scenes where he gets beat up by Robocop, oh, I'm yeah. like, uh, I don't know. You're hurting an old man. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> so um, I, I, so I decided not to go with Sam Jackson. I changed it, but I went with someone I think who maybe would play more of the menacing part. I went with uh, Mahershala Ali as Clarence. <sighs> that guy is he is like as A list gets right now when it comes to quality acting. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, he would bring something very interesting. And we saw uh, in Luke Cage, Cottonmouth, what a great villain he can be. Yeah. So fuck, I really like that call too. <laughs> I almost cast yeah. him as my Bob Morton. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I almost yeah. cast him. I I wanted to put him somewhere in in here, but I I. I I actually, I didn't wind up doing it, yeah. um, and I can actually tell you where I can I can probably swap it out. But I I, I actually I took him out because I was like I think he's too big now. Yeah, I don't he, think he would do he's, it. He's damn he's good though, and I think he would you could you could choose him for a lot of these different roles, and he would do something good with it. So yeah, I, I, great call. I think we have some three pretty damn good uh, <laughs> Clarence Bodigers right there. All right, cool. Uh, so let's go on to Bob Morton, and I'll jump in with this one. He's got to be, it's weird, He's he kind of has to have confidence, but he's still young. He's got to be cocky, but a little naive. So I was having a hard time, actually, with this one a lot, and then I can't remember what clicked in for me. I don't remember if I saw his name or if I saw him do something. And he's, well, I was going to say, he might be a little bit younger than uh, Miguel Ferrer was at the time, but actually, I don't really think so. I think maybe just... We assume, we think of the movie as being old, so we think of them as being older. (laughs) And they really actually are. They're probably about the same age. Uh We just... People just take care of themselves better now, so yeah. they they yeah. Say, they look younger longer. So uh, I actually went with the actor John Cho for Bob Morton. I like him. He he was in Veep, right? Oh no! Oh no! no, no, no I'm no, sorry. This I'm is, thinking this, um, this is Harold and Kumar. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. I was thinking of the yeah, guy fresh he, off the boat. Yeah, no, I bet he could probably play that pretty well because he I've seen him in other roles where yeah he's kind of he's a little bit more serious and like he's plays kind of a businessy man kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I think that's a decent call. All right, cool. Yeah. He pulls off the, the, oh, yeah, the businessman suit look. Yeah, and even when he's playing it fairly straight in uh, Star Trek, he does a pretty damn good job yeah. as uh, Sulu. So, yeah, all right. That's a good call. Cool. That's a good uh, call. I like Corey, that. Corey, why don't we go to you? My Bob Morton, I didn't. I was thinking, okay, I almost kind of pictured the Robocop uh, taking place in L.A., the, the mm. remake instead of Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there's more money here, so they'd probably invest in something. So... Bob Morton, I actually cast because I've only ever seen him in Rogue One and I loved him. I cast Diego Luna because mm-hmm. I figured, I was like, you know what? I want to see, again, a lot of my castings is I want to see more of this actor, yeah, right. you know? And and But I think that he could 
bring something, especially if the movie, I mean, it doesn't have to be especially, but if the movie takes place in LA, I think he would be a good fit. And I would want them kind of like, you could, you could wrestle with like, is he doing it for the betterment of the people or is he, you know, just selling out and yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, I think Diego Luna is awesome. He's a great actor. Yeah. I wouldn't dispute that either. That's really good. Uh, I switched things up a little bit. I went with a Bobette. Um, (laughs) And the way you put it, uh, you have to have someone who's kind of young, but, you know, very still like smart in their field, but like also a little naive and knowledgeable or knowledgeable, but naive or whatever. Uh Uh, And so I've been, I love the Punisher series. I'm kind of re I'm watching season two right Uh now. And um, Agent uh, Madani in that one, I think pulls off those kind of uh, vibes pretty well, where I think she could be a pretty good businessman like this. And so I went with uh, Amber Rose Riva who plays uh, agent Madani in the Punisher series. Okay. Yeah. I, I like, like her. That. Yeah. yeah. She's, I, I'm, I, we're only, we've only done the first episode of season two, but I mm. loved season one. Yes, and yeah. She season was, one. Ugh. It's up there for me with like the daredevils and the first season of, um, Jessica Jones. And yeah. then perfect. First season of Punisher is fantastic. Season two is a little bit of a drop, but it's still solid. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to Dick Jones. Dick Jones. Dick Jones. All right. We're going to start with Corey. <laughs> All right, I, I, I did a, oh, what's the female version of Dick? <laughs> Vagina Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to, to have, again, I wanted to have a little fun. I wanted to, to mix things up, do a little switcheroo. And uh, I wanted someone who could pull off badass, who could pull off calm and collected. Uh, someone who can either take a hit and give a hit. And you saw her in, no, I assume season two, but season one of, of Westworld, and I'm thinking of Thandie Newton. I think she's, oh, wow. she, okay. she's, she's a little, and she's a little bit older too. So but she could have the yeah. experience of, of, you know, cause Dick Jones has to be she's older good. than Bob yeah. Morton, That's you it. know? And I thought she could pull off that badass. Yes, race. she can. Yeah. She does I, it really well. In yeah. Westworld. So far out of everything you've cast, that's been my favorite. Yeah. I like that one. A lot. Yeah. That's a really, really good call. Especially for that, for that for role. Dick Jones. Yeah. For vagina. Jones. <laughs> 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 uh, that's, that's very smart. She would play that really, really well. Yeah. So, I, that, like I think that. that'd be fun. And then you could, uh, you could give her, uh, you could call her something that like, you know, replying that she has a dick, you know, because, yeah. you know, and then yeah. give it a little homage to the, right. uh, to the original. Yeah. Cool. That's good. Uh, I'll go in next. Okay. I had completely forgotten about this actor until I saw him in Punisher season two and loved the role he played and, I'm not going to really dance around too much. I actually went with Corbin Burnson. Oh, yeah. Who plays yeah. the sort of creepy old preacher? Yeah. Ish? Yeah, whatever. Character? But he's, I mean, Corbin Burnson's a good, a really good actor. He could he could definitely pull this off pretty well. I like so Not Corbin. a lot of fanfare in mine, but. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's not fanfare with Corbin Burnson, honestly, <laughs> but you're going to get a solid guy. Yeah. Got a solid choice. What are you, you? Yeah. Me. Okay. Uh, I, I, not to hype it up too much, but I really like my call <laughs> on Dick Jones. Um, I went with an actor who. Plays uh, maybe one of the best TV villains of the past 10, 15 years or whatever. Um, uh, his name is Giancarlo Esposito. He played Gus in Breaking Bad. If you guys watch Breaking Bad, I've never the, seen it. The owner, oh, you've never, never, never you, seen it. Oh my God. <laughs> he's so good in that movie, in that show. Uh, he's, he's like the owner of the uh, Poyos Hermanos restaurant chain, but he is so fucking villainous and he's so good. And I think he could, he, he plays like a businessman kind of in that show but he's you know it's like big drug dealer kind of like very villain on the uh, on the other side of him and i think dick jones obviously has those two sides to it so i it's 
you know, not much of a switch, but I think he would do a fantastic job. Watch Breaking Bad, both of you. I know. Do it. I it's know. worth your time, I promise. <laughs> season three of Breaking Bad might be one of the greatest seasons of TV, period. It is really fucking good. Okay. Uh, right. It's but, on my infinite queue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah. All right. Uh, so let's do the old man. You know, not a huge part, but yeah. he plays, you know, an important part. Yes. Yeah. And he's got that great line of, you're fired and pushes away, which gives RoboCop the edge yeah. he needs to to shoot him. So, Adam, why don't you jump sure. in first with this one? I went with an old old man, a really old <laughs> guy. And I was trying to pick, you know, how old do I want to get? And I was like, I want old. And so so I went with really old. But someone who who is believable as the head of a company uh-huh. or the head of, you know, this big fucking, you know, omni corporate whatever the hell uh i went with uh, donald sutherland he okay re- old i mean more recently probably fits pretty well with like the hunger game series right kind of somewhat similar enough but uh he's not he's not a villain in this one but he would uh, i think he'd be a he's just he's good he's old yeah. he seems like he can run a company yeah yeah work. i'll jump in with mine i kind of i just went i picked someone older i tried to imagine someone you know yelling you're fired. I just decided to pick <laughs> someone. You fired. Sorry, that's that's from Arnold movie, but whatever. It's uh, not a tumor. <laughs> I, I just ended up picking someone who I thought is fun, and you know, there's no, they don't have a lot to do, so it would just be fun to see. I actually picked Ian McKellen. Yeah, he's my okay. old man. Sure, he's old. Yeah, <laughs> he's old white male. <laughs> uh, probably the head of a company. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> kind of like with John, it's 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 a part that doesn't really. It's not big, so whoever you insert in there, I think they're either going to have fun with it or they're just going to play it totally like straight. And I'm not going to lie, I went with the Last Jedi himself, Mark Hamill. <laughs> I was like, because because why not? Let's yeah. see what yeah. you can have anybody. He, he has a fantastic uh, voice acting range. Yeah, who knows <laughs> what he can do. It'd be very interesting to see him do any of that kind of voice stuff <laughs> yeah. on this one, yeah. Or what if he is projecting himself, uh, you know, doing a force projection into the boardroom, and he's and he you just actually did, see him, and he just disappears, and, just, and that's when RoboCop yes, shoots and, Dick yeah, Jones because he just that, like disappears. That'll work. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I think I but, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> but I mean, like jokes aside, I think he's a good actor, and I think he oh, could do yeah. some. I think he could have some fun with yeah, it. Yeah, you, you can go a lot of different directions with that. With yeah, that and I think sure. I think it's fun to, especially with roles that are that small, that you can just sort of have like a cameo. Yeah, or mm-hmm. like you can even have a big actor because it's like they're only shooting for like what three days. That's yeah. it. You right. know. Uh, all right, our uh, our intrepid duo, heroette. Yeah. I don't know whatever yeah. you want to call her, yeah. Anne Lewis. Uh, Corey, why don't you jump start start us off on this one? Okay, so I have a whole thing. This is a sort of a package deal for me, mm-hmm. um, but I'll start it with with Lewis, and yep. then you maybe see where this goes. Okay. I, sh- I, I th- looking back, I'm, I, I think you could have inserted Marsha Ali into this, um, but I instead went with it's a guy. I went with okay. uh, so Lewis for me is a dude, and it's Sterling K. Brown from okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. from This Is from Us, Black Panther. You're yeah, just, yeah. you just went straight oh, through the Black Panther right. he was cast. In Black Panther. Yeah, I, for, I forgot he was in that. But <laughs> yeah. my my fiance is watching This Is Us, and okay. actually I think of him as from the the Predator remake. That new oh, movie, yeah, The yeah. Predator. He was yeah. in that as well. That's that's kind of like where I was casting him from, and I was like, cool. So it kind of ties into who I pick for RoboCop. Okay, but you know that's that's fine. Okay, cool, Adam. Uh, yeah, I uh, I went with uh, an actress. I kind of stuck similar enough, but she is pretty hot right now when it comes to like she's I feel, feel like she's in everything. You actually even cast her in something fairly recently. Oh, but I think she would be a really good. You know, she definitely can play a badass. She plays pretty badass in Westworld. 
um, you know, as like a, one of the female fairly leads there, at least in season two. Mm-hmm. Somewhat badass in Valkyrie, but she's a little bit too drunk to be very badass. But <laughs> she's going to be interesting when she's uh, with Chris Hemsworth again as like, you know, the sidekick. For MIB. In MIB. Or, or, you know, maybe not the sidekick, but they'll be partners in that. So I think right. she can obviously play partners well. And so I went with Tessa Thompson. I think okay. she'd be pretty good. Yeah. I just went with sort of a generic white girl. Generic white girl. <laughs> uh, I... I really like what they've done over the Berlantiverse for CW for some of those DC shows, especially because especially because I feel like I'm being reintroduced to characters I didn't really grow up with. I was not a DC fan. I didn't read a lot of stuff. I read some Batman, a little Superman, but not a lot. And all these other secondary and tertiary characters that I was never familiar with, I, I feel like I was being introduced. To. I'm way behind on it. Like, I haven't watched hardly any of them. However, I really like Melissa Benoist's portrayal of Supergirl, so I went with Melissa Benoist. Okay. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, she's good. I mean, I don't. I she looks really young, but she's yeah, twenty nine. She okay. In real life, and I really don't feel like whoever played yeah, she's probably about Anne the same. was probably about the same, and she yeah, just I looked think. a little older than she yeah, really was. Just it's, yeah, because yeah, it's the eighties. Yeah, yeah, that short, yeah, bad looking eighties haircut. So yeah, so that was my Anne. I like her. I okay. like that. That's good. Yeah. And all right, guys. So I. I was a little surprised when you guys did not want to cast uh, I'll Buy That for a Dollar Guy. We've mentioned him enough. I know. I was like, so I told Adam, I was like, well, I'm going to cast him just as a bonus. And truly, as a Sonny, it's always Sonny in Philadelphia mm. fan, there is no one oh. I can picture in that role other than Danny DeVito. Yeah, he would, he would be good <laughs> and very creepy. Yeah. 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 At this point, like, that's it. And it's... And, that show, he only had a few screen times in the movie. That yeah. I'll buy it just that that much in the background. Exactly. Danny DeVito saying, "I'll buy that for a dollar." That that is it. You I don't even have to bring him in for a day, just for yeah. like an afternoon. Yeah. You put him in front of a green screen, and that's yes, it. That's you know, it. <laughs> yeah, he he plays similar enough as Frank from Always Sunny. Yeah. Though. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Particularly, I'm thinking about the the billboard episode. He puts his face on the billboard. These two big boobs yeah. right beside him. It's exactly like I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> It's almost as if it was the role he was born to yeah, play. Yeah, very true. Uh, all right, and now for our, our main man, the the lead himself, Mr. Mr. Cop. Alex Murphy. Alex Robocop Murphy. Yes. And uh, I'll go ahead and jump in first so you guys okay. can kind of end. I had a hard time figuring out who I wanted to be. Uh, my initial in, uh, react gut reaction was to go Carl Urban oh, because yeah. of Dread. Yeah. But I felt Dread. like Carl Urban was too big. Of a guy like mm. you, in order to make RoboCop look realistic, I think you need a smaller, a smaller-ish guy. I don't think so. Although probably, you know, I mean, now you don't need a suit now. Though no, it, I, it would be nice if they did a suit and make it look. Yeah, a little but more you, realistic. I mean, you'd like Iron Man though, you just put him in a mocap suit and then yeah. you, then you can, you know, guy can have muscles and then That's they just put it on fair. top of it. Maybe I would have gone, but I thought like it's two one to one. Yeah. Okay. With Dread, um, I thought maybe yeah. it's Screen. It, oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. From, um, from he was Ajax in the Deadpool, Deadpool movie. He was also in Game of Thrones. He played the first uh, yeah. Dario Naharis. Yeah. yeah. In that scene. And then he's, he got recast. He's also in that new one that doesn't look all that good. It's like an Anita, the battle oh, yeah, angel yeah, or something like that. I don't think like that. looks that good, personally. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, he kind of looks like Robocop in that because it's just mm. his face on a robotic body. Oh, okay. So I was like, well, there's kind of proof of concept yeah. right there. I also looked at kind of like actors' jaws. Yeah. So um, that is I, important for. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I actually thought maybe Mads Mikkelsen would be an interesting choice. I think he's a little bit older. Yeah, he is a little old. So but he's a good actor. He's very unique, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Very unique. He stands out. Yeah. He's not. He's not kind of like Alex Murphy is a little bit more of an everyman. At least. At least in this iteration. Yeah. The one we watched. So. I'm kind of happy who I settled on. I think he would work. I mean, maybe he's not the best choice, but I think he would work very well. I went with Jeremy Renner. 
He's a little. He's a little RoboCop. He's like a five-eight RoboCop. Jeremy Renner's a good actor. I, I just don't know if I like him for that role. It's I, a movie, Adam. You're a movie, they John. Can, <laughs> they can make him look taller. <laughs> Fine. This is true. This is true. Yeah, I put some uh, platforms on his shoes. I mean, he's a good actor. I don't, I don't love it. I'm not. A, I'm okay. not impressed by that. But I I like Jeremy. I love you, Jeremy Renner. If you're listening, which I know you do, <laughs> you're a great actor, and I've used you before in a in a casting. If yes. you go back and listen, uh, I just I don't. I'm not. I'm you're not just sold. not right for this role. Uh, yeah, I hate okay. to, I hate to break it to you. Yeah. No, I got no problem with Jeremy Renner yeah. Renner as uh, Robocop. I think that'd be kind of cool because yeah. I think. Uh, you can insert whatever backstory because you really don't see much of, of Murphy. So if you actually, you could pick an older actor and then just say that they chose from a more, you know, a seasoned cop, you know, right. you could pick a younger actor and be like, yeah. okay, it's more of, of a course. rookie scenario. Yes, you, you can. Know? You but can... I, I think you have to, but I think you have to build the story out based on the actor that you pick. Of course. You know? of like course. it would alter the story. You could do, I'm not saying it's not going to be good. I'm just saying it's not, it's not fitting my vision of a RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what is your vision of my a RoboCop? My vision of a RoboCop is pretty much the vision I saw before, <laughs> and I just want to recreate it. Um, I went with somebody who has a really good jawline. Uh, he's a good actor. I think he would do very well. It's, it's reminded me enough of like trying to recreate the quality of Dread mm-hmm. and um, just trying to be do quality. I didn't do Carl Urban though. You know, I, I thought of that as well. Uh, I ended up going with an actor who is somewhat bigger. He is at least pretty beefy when he plays Superman, but he's not super huge all the time. You see him in some other stuff, even like something smaller where he's like a little bit thinner in like Mission Impossible Fallout or something like that. Uh, I went with Henry Cavill. I think he's got a great jawline, really good actor. You know, he can, he can do a whole different range of stuff and he could be a little bit more of my like regular everyman, but he is still, he's still big enough and he could be intimidating enough when he becomes a robot. Uh, And so, yeah, I think, I think that is the right casting. (laughs) That's a good casting. Okay. Super, super, from Superman to, uh, to thank you. Robocop. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's always made out of steel, I guess. Oh, oh hey. Yeah. That's right. Uh, all right, sir. All right, what well, here was super, super cop. Here was my, here was my fun little switcheroo spin around. Um, so the character, I was like, it doesn't have to be a guy or a girl. It can be either, you know? It can and be a dog. It can be a dog. <laughs> so this is my dog from when I was a kid. Oh, my German yeah, Shepherd is RoboCop. Uh, no. So what I did was, I'll just cut right to it. I picked Emily Blunt as, as my RoboCop. And here's what, but here's the, the twist, the twist. I would shoot the movie at the beginning. You would only they would only refer to each other as Lewis and Murphy as as first names. You think Sterling K uh, Sterling K Brown is Murphy. They get into the situation and then boom, she gets gunned down and then he calls in for backup. Murphy's down and you find out that Emily Blunt is actually Murphy because at the end of the day it doesn't matter how she's going to no. be now outfitted with with robot pieces. She can be as big and as intimidating as you want her to be. But I wanted to do at this point we've already seen. The remake be a guy, him be a guy. The only RoboCop I would personally want to see as a third remake is if it was something different, like be a girl. That is hands down the worst casting of the episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, Do I get an award for that? Okay, yeah. I, I like it. I, I like it. I like the idea of, you know, you can have a female as RoboCop. That doesn't bother me. You picked fucking uh, Mary Poppins. <laughs> she's, she's Mary Poppins, and she doesn't... She's, she's, she's also not, the lady that gave birth in, in uh, A Quiet Place under duress. Like, she has range. Yeah, she's, I know she's a good actress. And she was in uh, Live, Die, Repeat, where she was an absolute badass in that. Yeah, Live, so Die, Repeat was So I'll take that right. over Mary Poppins Yeah, that's, that's a little bit more of a fit, but... 
No. That, <laughs> nope.com is what I'm going to say on that one. Well, you know what? I think the fans, they'll be the ones. They'll yeah. let us know on Instagram who, yeah. who the right choice for, for Robert, or Robert or Robin Cop. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Robin. All right. Be that way. Uh, I feel strongly I think Henry Cavill would be a better choice. He's a good choice. Over He's a very Emily good Blunt. choice. I like Emily Blunt. Hashtag not my Robocop. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but hashtag I don't want to see another dude as Robocop. Yeah, okay. I, I would rather see something different, you okay. know? Okay. I want Robo Dog. Robo yeah, Dog. I do want Robo Dog. At the end of the day, that's really what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and he fights Robo be... Dogs in that cartoon in the episode Do- we saw. Do- yeah, he <laughs> should. They, uh... He's fighting. A... But I think it needs to be unexpected, like a pug. Pugs with a big body and a tiny little. Pugs with the Jeremy Renner of dogs. <laughs> no, a terrible choice. You guys are all fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. That was our recasting of Robocop. I'll buy that for you. Yeah. Please join us next time for an Arnold episode. Adam and John do a top 10 of their favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies from the 80s and 90s. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows from your childhood, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.